This is a journey into sound. Howard 100. Music, um, Rob Zombie. I, I'll let you enjoy. Kind of mixing things up. Dance with me, Robin. Come on. I don't know if I can find the beat. <laughs> oh, you can find it. This is good. Look, motherfucker. All right. Hey, oh. That's me tap dancing. Who do you love? That's uh, electronic dance. Rob Zombie. Great American Nightmare. For those of you who are into ecstasy, you're probably loving this. Hey, all. I've been uh, off for two weeks. I'm, um, you know, you would think after two weeks I'd be very well rested and ready to go, but just the opposite. Uh, doing a radio show is like a muscle. You have to be in it, and uh, now I'm just sleepy and dopey and fat and lazy. So, uh, being... so you didn't exercise while you were? No. Oh. No, 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 I didn't. <laughs> oh, by the way, Fred is dancing with glow sticks right now, in his, and he's oh, only wearing underwear. Look at him. Yeah, look oh at him go. Goodness. Go, Fred, go. My boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, my friend. This is quite good. Yeah. It is good, isn't it? I was Very kind of nice. excited to play this for everyone. When I was listening to it, I said, oh, somebody did some work while we were away. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> Someone on the crew actually got down to business. It's not even like work. Some of the guys we have want to be musicians. Uh -huh. So they do this for fun. It's not like ah. It's not like they're doing it for the show. Uh, but anyway, good job, guys, regardless of the motivation. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you. What you know, people Yay. say, Howard, what do you do 
when you're off for two weeks. Well, I had such a great time. You're going to be so jealous. <laughs> I uh, went and had root canal. <laughs> so uh, it was great. Let me tell you, root canal. You love a good root canal. I love root canal. You know, I don't. Oh, my God. And then I ended up getting um, from the antibiotic they put you on. I ended up getting I didn't even call you about this. I ended up getting pill esophagitis. What? And um, yeah, my esophagus was like like when every time every time I swallowed, it felt like there was a lump in my chest. Oh. And um, yeah, no, I had a great time. It, it, it remind me to take more time off. What? How big People, was this pill? How does the pill do that? No, it's just the antibiotic was very strong. Is it? it? At, oh, yeah. But this morning I'm feeling better. Just in time oh. to get back to work. <laughs> Thank God. So now that you're better, it's time to go to work. Yes, of course. Of course, Robin. Uh, it's wonderful. I'm having a great time. Uh, I'm so fragile. that I, well, I, I know a, that you were telling us about this sensitivity you were having. You know, it's really strange with me. I try to tough stuff out. Well, when I, um, I went to see my dentist a couple of months ago and I said, I got this thing going on in the back of my mouth. It feels sensitive. He, he took an x-ray and he said, you know, there's really nothing there, but I could see maybe in a while you might have to have a root canal. There's like the very beginning of something going on. And he said, uh -huh. just, you know, see what happens. And then, um, you know, I came down to Florida and then I was like, you know, I just I, I the whole time it was very sensitive. And was, was it getting like, oh. worse or just staying the same? Worse. And mm. uh, I was like, oh, man, but that was chewing on one side. I was dealing with it. I was dealing with it. But then over the weekend, it got so bad that I could not uh, deal with it anymore. So I went yeah. and of course, I needed um root canal. <laughs> And and even the the dentist said to me, you, "I'm going to show you a film, a video of what we have to do, so you understand what's happening." And I said, "Better you don't. I'm so neurotic that uh, I I don't even want to know." Yeah, what you, you do. don't want to see. Yeah, just do it. And he did a good job. He did a great job, actually. But uh, good. you know, yeah, now my tooth feels uh, better. It's not a hundred percent yet. I got to well, be careful. Well, it's got to heal. Yeah, got to heal. I guess I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm just sitting here and. I've never so heard fragile. of this pill esophagitis. I never heard of it either. <laughs> I said, figures I got, and my you wife looks at me. You get something nobody's ever heard. <laughs> yeah, right. I go, the thing that's supposed to be helping me is hurting me. <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. So, uh, you know what the cure actually is for pill esophagitis is to stop taking the pill, number one. And number two, right. drink hot water. Which I do regularly, and I found yes. myself, yeah, and it, and it eventually gets rid of it. But uh, I love having a disease no one's ever heard of. I told people I have <laughs> you, pill, you're special. <laughs> I got pill esophagitis, and people are like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. How much longer do you have to live?" I go, "Not much longer." Ah oh, man, but anyway, uh, so much happened in the two weeks. I don't even know where to begin. I um, I did watch the Oscars. And uh, I watched the other big the whole thing <clears throat> last night, and I actually have to say, I found it rather entertaining for a good part. You found it entertaining when Jimmy was on, but you did yeah, not I find missed it him. Oh, every well, time he left. Well, yeah, and and Jimmy gave a great monologue, but the the problem Kimble, with the Kimble. with the with the broadcast was, and you probably watched it and fast forward through all the boring speeches. 
I called Jimmy right before the Oscars. And he told me they added back in like 15 or 16 boring categories. Categories, yeah. Because people in the film industry said, look, you're eliminating these categories. And really, it's supposed to be a night about celebrating, uh, uh, you know, Hollywood. These are people who work. So they put them back in. And as Jimmy said in his monologue, the TV people were destroyed because it doesn't make for a good broadcast. There's too many speeches. And, uh, you know, and, and the movie people are happy because their, their careers are being honored. So I said, you know, what would have been a good bit is if at the beginning he introduced me as the number one scumbag in the country. <laughs> and I'm going to sit there. And if I think something's boring, if someone's going on with a speech that's boring, I'll hit the button and they get them right off music. And it would be, I take the hit. I'd be the bad guy. Right. And and it would be funny, too, because some people would go on, and just because of their category, I would hit the button and get them right off. <laughs> the music would be um, playing when their category was announced. <laughs> yeah. But good for uh, Jimmy. The Oscars hit a three-year high, averaging almost 19 yeah. million viewers. So, you know, if you're going to blame a guy for the when the ratings go down, uh, blame him for when they go up. So Salute him I, when they go up. Now, and Jimmy's wife... She executive produced Molly. She produced executive produced Molly McNearney. She pr executive yeah. produced. And I thought she did a great job. So I was, you know, I said, that can't be an easy show to produce. It's live and you got musical performances and people accepting. Plus she speeches. has other things to do, you know, yeah. like they got the, the show they do on a regular basis. They well, got kids, they got everything. When you, you're absolutely right. She got, here's her responsibilities. I'll tell you right now. Molly is in charge of the kids. She's in charge of Jimmy's regular television show. She's the executive producer of the Oscars and of his television show. And she's got to, uh, blow Jimmy, which, <laughs> like, you wouldn't know this, but, but Jimmy likes sex. That poor he, seems, woman. <laughs> he seems so asexual, but like when I do see them socially, it seems that Jimmy evidently has some need for sexual, uh, he has a sexual appetite. I never thought of him that way. I don't see him as a guy who needed sex, but evidently, uh, he does. And frequently, and, um, you're saying. I, I, I don't know how frequently they have sex, but I know he, he, he wants it. Well, I always thought he was joking when he would say he was interested in Ronnie's sex tips and they were trying. No, he's out. he's no, he's for real. In <laughs> fact, uh, he's the horniest guy in late night. <laughs> yeah. Of all the guys. Well, you know, if you think Colbert, about it, Jimmy Fallon, Colbert and Kimmel. And, Jimmy and, and, Kimmel. Who's got to be the sexiest, the most Jimmy, on fire for sex? Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. I know, uh, Fallon, um, he, he just loves to entertain. He doesn't care about He's sex. He's a monk. And, <laughs> he's a monk and, um, and Colbert, Colbert is religious. He doesn't want sex. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, yeah. So good for Jimmy. I don't know. I have tape. Uh, uh there's a couple of things I could mention about the Oscars. Uh, I, uh, first I, I told Brendan Fraser he was going to win and he did win yeah. best actor. Thank God that Elvis guy didn't win because he's, he disturbed. I know it was kid. enough of him already. Right. You know, I was he, tired of yeah. seeing him be Elvis. Right. Disturbed. And then you can't, 
and he can't <laughs> stop being Elvis. It's weird. You know what I mean? And then I was excited that he was at the Oscars because I thought he was going to bring a uh, hot Kaya Gerber, but he didn't even bring her as a date. All these guys who are up for uh, Oscars. Well, where were the dates? Yes. They, yeah, they, they bring their mothers. It's a thing. <laughs> it's called the Bradley Cooper move. They stole uh-huh. it from him. Yeah. He originally was kind of charming. He brought his mother. Now, every good-looking guy in Hollywood brings his mom or yeah. their kids. And it's like, enough. Bring your hot girlfriend. What's wrong with I you? I know. Carol- Colin Farrell was sitting next to a kid. I was like, who yeah, are these yeah. people? <laughs> but um, anyway, the movie Elvis didn't win any awards. I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. I thought you had seen it. It is a good movie. No. Maybe Make I you did feel bad I, for Elvis. I don't think I saw it. I think I, I saw the trailer. <laughs> <That's> enough. <laughs> that was enough. <laughs> yeah, enough with Elvis. I never liked Elvis anyway. I really don't get it. Well, I the, don't get the, Elvis. The thing about the movie is, you know, Elvis was he he was one of those guys who signed the worst contract. He's a dummy. Of course he was a dummy, and that's how you get them. You get them early, and you right. sign the, have them sign their life over to you, right? which is what this Colonel Tom did. I, ju- and I, just, want, Elvis, I, just, want to, I just want to entertain the people and sing. I, I don't care right. about my contract. And, and that's where they got him. This guy ruled his life. He didn't just, you know, sit there and say, make whatever records you want or do whatever you want. No. He told Elvis even what to sing and what he was going to be able oh, yeah. to do, where he could tour, and and doled out his money to him like he was a kid <laughs> in high school getting an allowance. You know, I was the original Britney Spears, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's true. He <laughs> That's had <right>. a conservator. <laughs> yeah. I don't know nothing about no contract. I'm just a hillbilly boy who loves his mama. I just want to eat pussy and peanut butter sandwiches. That's my whole life. Now I'd like to sing for you. Uh, are you lonesome tonight? <laughs> Bend me right over, Colonel Tom. Take my money tonight. <laughs> i tell you, Colonel Tom came to me and said he was going to make me a big star. So I fell in love with Colonel Tom. Uh, and Colonel Tom would pay me in pizza when I would sing. <laughs> That's why I got very, very fat, if you remember. I said, are you lonesome tonight? Here's your pizza, Elvis. Enjoy. <laughs> Test name, one, two. One, two. And then... Uh, Colonel Tom told me he would take care of everything, and he was a daddy I never had. One time, I was so stupid, they paid me in Monopoly money. I mean, actual (laughs) Monopoly money. And I thought, I'm rich. Look at me. And then I studied karate, and that's all I was happy with. I just wanted to sing and and have young girls like Priscilla, who was 14. And I wanted to learn karate. One time, I did my two favorite things in the world together. I karate chopped my peanut butter and banana sandwich in half. (laughs) And now I'd like to sing. Are you lonesome tonight? You know what? Right now I'm sitting here on that big toilet in the sky. You know, I died on the toilet. And when you die, you actually live on a toilet the rest of your life. If you die on a toilet, you're on your toilet for eternity? That's right. Eternity, oh think about that. That's a long time. <laughs> I'm never good with gazintas, but I'll tell you, that's a lot of years. Uh, eternity. Uh, 
people say to me, Elvis, what did you learn? And I tell them I only learned one thing while I was alive. And it was this. Don't let a man named Colonel be your agent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, I thought I was rich when Colonel bought me a pet possum. I said, thank you, Colonel. You're so generous. I didn't know he was pocketing millions upon millions of dollars. So if you hear, Colonel Tom is your friend, you better run for the hills. I thought Colonel Tom was a good man when he let me stay up past my bedtime and eat junk food. <laughs> I said, Colonel Tom's the best. He liked the daddy I never had. Yeah. People say... Now you had a daddy, all right. Colonel Tom told you your daddy was your business manager. That's right. And he was as illiter illiterate as you. <laughs> People say, Elvis, what'd you learn while you were alive? <laughs> I learned that Vicodin tastes awesome when you chase it down with a little vodka. Thank you. Ah, another one of my great songs. Wise man do. Remember that, Robin? I love two things. You were not a wise man. It was funny that you no. would sing about them. Funny, I, one of my biggest hits was about a wise man. And I did really stupid things in my life, like die in the toilet bowl. But I was troubled. There were two things in this world I love. You know what they is? What? Priscilla and my pills. <laughs> Both begin with P. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, as I got older, I realized what was going on, and I confronted Colonel Tom, my agent. I said, you've done me wrong, Colonel. And Colonel Tom looked me in the eye. He said, Elvis, I bought you a sheriff's badge because you want to be a sheriff. <laughs> Little did I know he got it at a grocery store, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Colonel Tom bought me a sheriff's badge at a grocery store, and I fell for it. I thought he was a good man, and I... I dropped my lawsuit against them. Now I know I'm much smarter because I've had time to reflect. And I can tell you this with confidence. Colonel Sanders would have been a better manager than <laughs> Colonel Tom. Take Colonel my hand, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Colonel Tom was the my best because when you... When you tried to fire him, he said, well, then as soon as you pay me all the money you owe me, <laughs> I'll right. leave. And Elvis didn't have any money because all the money went to Colonel Tom. You know, when I first started taking pills, Colonel Tom filled my mouth with them like I was a Pez dispenser. <laughs> Colonel taught me everything in the beginning, and I thought he was my, my man. He, he taught me how to tie my shoes, you know. As a hillbilly, we never had shoes. So when I became a star, it's funny that I died on the toilet. I used to shit in my front yard until I met the colonel. And my whole world, I kept falling in love with pills. Everything I did was first degree. Did you know, Robin, I was a first degree black belt? And also I read on a first degree level. That's right, first grade. When I first met the colonel, I toured the south, and I got paid in, be be in beans, I say. I say in beans, magic beans. Magic beans. That's right. <laughs> These beans didn't even grow on a beanstalk. <laughs> With you. I'm 
so confused. I'm easily distracted and confused, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> Colonel Tom took advantage of that. Yes. Colonel Tom Remember didn't this one? have any kind of, you know, rank. He wasn't a colonel. He was, he was nothing. <laughs> he was colonel. I thought he was a real colonel. <laughs> All my greatest hits. You know that uh, Colonel Tom would distract me with a laser pointer like I was a cat. I would chase it. I was a simple boy with a simple need to be a star. Colonel Tom took advantage of a very young boy. Didn't know what the hell was going on in the Hopper Hotel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, do you know that I fell in love with Priscilla, that she was the most beautiful woman in her seventh grade class. <laughs> she was voted most beautiful and most likely to fuck Elvis. One time I accidentally shit on the floor and Colonel Tom would rub my nose in it and it taught me to use the turlet. I'm so lonesome I could die. And I did die. I died on the toilet bowl. I was no smarter than a dog when Colonel Tom met me. He, he had to teach me not to chase cars in the street. Colonel Tom would jingle his keys and I'd be entertained for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Tom took advantage of me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, uh. Oh, yes. You yeah, know. We'll never get to the bottom of you, Elvis. You're endlessly no. fascinating. I used to fetch Colonel Tom's newspapers. I used to fetch Colonel Tom's newspapers. I was so lonesome like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I had a collar around my neck that would zap me if I left my hotel suite. <laughs> they, they had an electronic collar on you. Thank you. Thank you. Where's my TCB glasses? Where's my tater tots? Where's my cheese? Where's my barbiturates? Where oh, I love you. <laughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, TCB, tater tots and cheese, barbiturates are great. Yes. Oh, all right, enough of this. I can, I can go on. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Tom was a bad man. You know, he used, when my mama died, he used my mama's urn for an ashtray. He used to put a cigar in there. So you you couldn't tell Mama from you know his cigar ashes. When I when I spread Mama's uh, ashes in the ocean, I think I spread Colonel Tom's cigar. <laughs> See this flask, Robin. You do wonder about that relationship with your mother because when you went into the army, she was right. so miserable. She died. She couldn't Mama be died. without you. She couldn't. Mama had a lump of fat on the back of her neck. I used to rub it and call it satin. Did you know that? <laughs> no. <I didn't. laughs> yeah, that's right. I say, oh, satin. And I'd rub that little fleshy mound on the back of her head. <laughs> I thought it was a tumor. 
I didn't know what it was, but Mama was very fat. We didn't have real good eating habits. In fact, you see this flask I carry? People think it's alcohol. It's actually ranch dressing. That's right. <laughs> you take a you take a shot of ranch dressing every once in a while. That or biscuits, lard, and gravy. That's my whole diet. Ranch dressing, <laughs> biscuits, lard, gravy. You ever have a lard? It's animal fat. I drink it. I love it. Okay. Yes. Colonel Tom took advantage of me because I was a simpleton. One time, Colonel leaned over and he stole my nose and never <laughs> gave it back unless I signed the contract. He says, you see this? This is your nose, Elvis. And I'm not putting it back on your face until you sign this very unfair contract. <laughs> you didn't know that. That movie was a lie. <laughs> it was your nose he had. Yep. I love my mama so much. You know, I had a twin brother who died in utero, and I ate him while I was in my mother's <laughs> vagina. You didn't even know that. You know, I ate oh, my brother's my head. <laughs> and my mama had nat feck. I mean, fat what? neck. Fat oh, in her no. neck. <laughs> and I used to think it was my little brother. Oh, my. Popping out of the back of her head. But it wasn't. I loved that lump of fat on the back of my mama's neck. I used to use it for a pillow and fall asleep. Mama died just like she lived. Was you know that? when Mama died? Well, when Mama died, I took her ashes, I put them in a sandwich, and I ate them. <laughs> this is a very beautiful song. You remember the name of this song? And a mama cried. What was that name? Well, I that mama song? cried. In the ghetto. That's what it is. That's in right. the ghetto. Yeah. Thank you. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> in the ghetto. You know, the first solid meal I had, ladies and gentlemen, was my fetus brother. I ate him in my mother's vagina. And I don't say vagina easily. It's a very dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough. <laughs> you get it. stuck in Elvis. See? I do. I, you see? That's why that guy can't get That's out right. of it. He can't get, once, you, once you play Elvis, you can't get out of it. People say, Elvis, how are you so stupid signing all those bad contracts with the colonel? And I'd say, well, you don't understand. The colonel used to threaten me by saying Santa Claus was going to come see me and not give me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I died. I was overweight. I was very hungry. I was actually hungry for love. But also peanut butter and banana sandwiches made me feel good. <laughs> Do you know I used to pack peanut butter and banana sandwiches in my guitar? Did you know that? No. Right in, that's what that little hole is for in the guitar. <laughs> I never knew that. For snacks. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kyle, you're on the air in California. California, by the way, been having a... Awful not now, everything's time. fine. Yeah, they were having yeah. a lot of bad weather. Bad weather in California. Yeah, it can get like, really fucking weird around here. Yeah. I always feel kind of good. Fires when, sometimes the streets fucking smell up, fill up with smoke. Yeah, but my friends always call me. Go, you should move to California. You should go. So the one time they were having a horrible time. I go, you see why I didn't move? <laughs> and they laugh. At I me. know. Every time you say something's wrong with the East Coast, they tell yeah. you you should move to the West Coast. Yeah, because right. it'll just slip off into the ocean. It's the greatest. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> L.A. is a great town, though. I, I always had fun when I would go out to L.A. I, I always enjoyed it. But I haven't been out there in three years. And since my wife, I got to get going. I got to get out there. Are you missing California or what? What what yeah. made you think, oh, I got to go to California? Well, one of my daughters lives out there, so I oh, want that's to right. get out. And, uh, yeah, so, you know. Hey, dude, what's going on on your phone? I'll let you talk because it's kind of annoying. Oh, sorry. I just think all these depictions of Elvis lately are way too gushing of him. Uh, couldn't you agree know? more. Yeah. Nobody's getting into the hypocrisy about how he was awarded federal clearance so that he could bust up people using recreational drugs, you know, which was so hypocritical, which was so hypocritical because he was he was a drug addict. Yeah, yeah, but he was getting his drugs from a doctor, Howard. Yeah, you can't big get addicted when a doctor is prescribing them. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I don't know. He comes across as like like today. If he was living today, he'd be like a closeted gay God hates fags guy. I don't know what Elvis would have been, but I don't idolize him the way these uh, sycophants do who stand outside Graceland. I, well, I mean, when you look at his life, he was also kind of a weirdo, right? You know, he took a 14-year-old girl home from the army. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And, and not only that, even from a musical standpoint, and again, I, I'm sorry if I'm pissing all over your God, but from a musical standpoint, let's be honest. Uh, I tend to honor the singer songwriter, you know, the, the ones that write music and he really, if you believe half the things they say that a lot of it was just kind of music he got from other people and slapped his name on it, you know. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of that going on. But the thing about Elvis was he had an appreciation for music that other people didn't. And right. that's what he brought to the forefront. And that's what Bruce Springsteen saw and the Beatles saw. They saw the real Elvis, the raw Elvis, before Colonel Tom clipped his wings and clipped his hair and had him singing things like, you know, uh, Blue Hawaii. But every great. You know, why, you know why I named it Blue Hawaii? Because <laughs> it blew. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah. Really fucking well, weird. I mean, how did Nixon give a guy dressed like that with three side pieces on him federal clearance? I mean, it's probably the most scandalous thing Nixon ever did. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to impeach Nixon, it should have been for making Elvis an honorary deputy so he could drive well, around Memphis well, let's arresting. Get serious. Nixon was a weirdo, too. <laughs> well, you got to yeah. watch. Um, I think I think the best one so far is this Elvis and Nixon. It's on Amazon. Kevin Spacey's depiction of Nixon is, I mean, you just watch it for that. Yeah, Nixon was a trip. Nixon was like the first funny thing like I ever started goofing on on the radio. When I was in college, we had a guy, this guy Bruce. His name was Bruce Katz. He did a great Nixon, and he would come on our stupid college radio show as Nixon and he'd talk about praying with that Rabbi Baruch corpse. Remember Nixon had a <laughs> yes. personal rabbi? Like right. Nixon, Nixon was, a, you know, he wasn't Jewish. He didn't even like Jews. He was really anti-Semitic. He was a serious anti-Semitic, anti yeah. But he, but he was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to have every religion represented because I want to win elections. So he had this guy, Rabbi Baruch corpse. Corpse. <laughs> I remember the name. It was just so funny. And then my, my, and then Nixon also had phlebitis and all this, this guy, Bruce would come on and go, 
oh, my leg. Oh, my leg, my phlebitis. <laughs> and it would just be so funny. It would be so funny. And I was like, you know, there's something to this radio. We could be really funny on the radio doing voices and all kinds of fun stuff. And Nixon was my guy. And, and Dan Aykroyd's Nixon was good. Fred, uh. when I met Fred in Hartford, he used to do Nixon. And when I was on in Hartford, sometimes he'd come on as Nixon. It was kind of fun. So thank God for the Nixon. Really- the other funny one is uh, there's a cartoon on Netflix which like takes the idea of Elvis being a special agent, and then he goes around and he fights crime and he has enemies and played by Matthew McConaughey. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and it was so great too because like if you remember the real, the real Elvis wanted to be a karate master and he was awarded a black belt, but of course, like all things Elvis, the guy could barely lift his foot, you know. And well, who who awarded? You act like there's some authority you go to to well, do that's, a test. <laughs> well, that's the problem with martial arts. There are legitimate martial arts schools where you have to, you know, you have to go. But people were so hypnotized by Elvis, and they just wanted to please him. So Elvis would go, well, how long is it going to take me to get my black belt? And they'll go, well, Elvis, you know, it takes years of study. Years? Uh, we could give it to you in a week, probably, if you just take a few lessons. <laughs> Because they want to be associated. You know, I see that in my own sort of bizarre um, celebrity. You know, people want to please me. So, but I know things take hard work. Um, You know, Elvis didn't care that his black belt was made of licorice. You know, <laughs> it was kind of like, it didn't matter. What's that you're tying around me? It looks like licorice. Oh, that's your black belt, Elvis. Now you can beat up anyone you want. You can beat it. Beat up people and eat your belt, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying these belts are edible? I mean, uh, I've eaten belts before, but they, they're very tough to get down. <laughs> Elvis. The the whole Elvis worship, too, I can't stand it. I, I hate when people worship anybody. I thought it was going to be like don't, getting into the hypocrisy, getting into like the herd mentality of everybody giving him you know, all these accolades and all these, like, honorary, you know, this and that, and, you know, just how wrong all of that was, but nothing. No, everybody's just gushing over Elvis. Every depiction's glowing. Yep. Well, you know, I don't like you saying making fun of my sensei. My sensei. I earned my black belt. It was the best <laughs> belt I ever ate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. I say, oosh, sensei. And he gave me my belt. You say Elvis never did anything. He designed his own outfits. <laughs> By the way, the little, the, the like half cape. It wasn't even like a Superman cape. It was like a little. It's like That's when right. you see those guys at restaurants who tie sweaters around their shoulders. It yeah. was like a little half cape. Like. <laughs> I wonder if Elvis maybe could have gotten a blowjob from a couple of guys or something because i'm thinking about even the sequins and the the little capes and the, he almost was liberace with those outfits <laughs> that's true i've Any, not anytime there's a groupie that. around he always like ushers the groupie away like he wants nothing to do with any of the women and his whole entourage is constantly getting with the women yeah well I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say what his sexuality was. I didn't know the guy, but the dressing was like very, very peculiar. Like, I don't know. And the whole fascination with, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But, and, and, you know, and all the, and all the medication and stuff, what was he, what was he grappling with? You know, I don't know. Who knows? 
Well, that was another thing that Colonel Tom did for him. You know, Elvis was having trouble sleeping. And Colonel Tom found this doctor. And the next thing you know, he really had control of Elvis. Because he'd have to call Colonel Tom, I mean, the doctor to wake him up, put him to sleep, everything. I don't like you people. Tom story. Hey, uh, Kyle, here's Elvis. I I don't like you disparaging my memory. (laughs) And I want to say something to you. First of all, I did karate, real karate. I broke seven boards one time. I didn't know they were made of matzo. (laughs) <laughs> Those boards. I thought they were real wooden boards. Well, come over here and break my boredom from listening to your music. How dare you? <laughs> you know, Colonel Tom would spread peanut butter on his balls and I would lick it off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Kyle? I'm going to karate you right over the phone. All right, Kyle. Yeah, I never liked all the Elvis worship, but, you know, maybe I was just jealous. That's all. That's all. And even the fact that, like, you talk about people bending to Elvis's will. Like, he went over to Priscilla's parents. She was 14. He's like, hey, I want to date your daughter. And he's like, you know, okay. 14. Think Can about that. Can you imagine that. you are the father of daughters? You know oh my what God. your daughters were like at 14. And if, if Elvis a came over. man came over. Howard. <laughs> Howard, uh, Mr. Shern, I'm in love with your daughter. Your 14-year-old. Which one? The 14-year-old, the 12-year-old, or the 6-year-old? What do you, which one do you want? Maybe we'll start with the 6-year-old and we'll work our way up. It's unbelievable how... People and nobody said acquiesce. anything. I mean, it was like known that he took a, a 14-year-old into his home and nobody said a word about it. Yep. They do that shit in Afghanistan and we went to war over it. Right. Yeah. But not with Elvis. We just let him take her to Graceland. Hey, you be quiet, Robin. <laughs> I- I, I was good to Pr- Priscilla when I'm. I built her a treehouse in the backyard when I. <laughs> she had a full playground. <laughs> she had a playground, and I promised her daddy I would feed her. Okay. <laughs> Believe me, I was shocked too when her daddy said, "Take Priscilla's hand." <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Beautiful music. And then the next thing you know, she had a pompadour haircut and wore this yes. black eyeliner. You know, like Elvis yeah. decorated like my... her. She was like a little doll. She looked good with her black eye makeup. <laughs> I said to her, I was good to her too. I educated her. I said, I'm going to teach you the alphabet while you blow me. <laughs> Some people play tiddlywinks, but I play tiddlywinks. I remember her titties very well. People say, were you good? To Priscilla, I said, yes, I gave her all the Barbies that she wanted. Barbie, you know Barbie? Barbie the doll? Barbie. (laughs) Barbie. (laughs) I'm Elvis. Barbie. I did it my way. 
All right. <laughs> we had a beautiful love affair. She taught me hopscotch and I taught her karate. <laughs> karate. Oh, everything was perfect with Priscilla. Of course, until she started menstruating. And then I was upset. Mm. Robin, get over in the kitchen and fry me up some bologna in that easy-bake oven. <laughs> That's what Priscilla had, easy-bake oven. You know that? You, easy you got bake. her an easy-bake, <laughs> not a real oven. She Poor girl, to cook with that light bulb. <laughs> Poor girl, make me phony, ba- phony bologna. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla, give me my barbies and barbiturates, please. <laughs> Priscilla, that's going to take seven hours. That's a toy frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what went on with this guy and now they're making movies about him? Fuck it, I'm not watching that. I remember the day very well, Robin. I said to myself, who is this old bag having her period for the first time? <laughs> and I broke up with Priscilla. I said, you get out of here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. A lot of fun times. Why couldn't you touch her after she had the baby? I never have sex with a mummy. (laughs) Mummies are sacred. When she, before she had the baby, everything was perfect. We'd make love and I'd feed her mashed up peas and sweet potatoes in her high chair. (laughs) Oh. One time, I remember we played Monopoly, and I let her pass go, collect 200, and then she blew me. <laughs> I bang babies, and, not baby makers. Thank you. And now, Priscilla's fighting to get control of your estate again. I don't care. I don't want to. I remember uh, she got that, what do they call that, uh, menstruation, and she bled all over my jumpsuit. <laughs> the good one. The one I wore on stage. Not my pla- not my, my, my casual jumpsuit I wore Your daily. everyday jumpsuit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. What else happened while we were on vacation? Oh. Oh. Chris, Ro- Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Chris Rock put out his uh, live special. Boy, I... I, I was reading different reviews. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I thought it was fantastic. Who hated it? I loved it. it. Oh, I, so I read people who said uh, they didn't think it was a good special, but some people were even critical of um, him going after Will Smith. But what the fuck? I mean, they're crazy. And and I'll tell you how I know it was a good special. I mean, I, I'm a big Chris Rock fan, so I watch him, but. Uh, my wife watched the whole thing with me and she never, she's not a big stand up person. Like she'll get, like uh-huh. she'll be like, oh, you know, this is okay, but I, I got other things to do. But she, it was compelling. Oh my goodness. I was there for the whole mm-hmm. thing. And when he kept going and he still hadn't gotten to the Will Smith stuff, I was like, is he going to run out of time? <laughs> you can't do that, Chris. You got to get to Will. But the, the funny thing I thought was after the special aired and, you know, Chris did his number on Will Smith. Will Smith, and I hope I have this right, he issued some kind of statement or said something that... He's let uh, it be known through associates, apparently. That's what know, it was. That other that he people was, are talking in the circle. He was very embarrassed. Oh, and you're I'm like, kidding. Well, 
or something like that. Does anyone know what? Um, no, he Will's... did say he was embarrassed. No, I know. Yeah, he said he was embarrassed, and uh, I went like, "Well, you should be, dude. You humiliated Chris Rock on, you know." Here's the thing. Will Smith went up and bitch slapped Chris Rock right in the fucking face in front of America. On in front of millions the of world, people. The world, this is an international broadcast. And Chris Rock was like, you know, listen, I I was bullied for for many years of my life. I've been bitch slapped by by um guys in front of my whole class and stuff like that. And it's totally emasculating. You know? You know, you, you, there's no way to describe how bad it is to get your ass kicked in front of people. Much better get your ass kicked in private, but, you know. Yeah, it, w it was a bunch of people sitting right there. And then the rest of the world is watching on TV. Right. And plus... And I'm not criticizing him for him for this, but Chris, you know, didn't punch Will Smith right in the fucking head, you know, after he did it. It was it was just he, he was bitch slapped. And um, he had to go off and deal with this fucking bullshit, this macho bullshit. And like I've said in the past, if if, if it wasn't Chris Rock, if it was The Rock instead of Chris Rock, yeah. Will Smith would have sat in his fucking chair and laughed at the jokes. Will Smith saw a guy who, as Chris Rock pointed out, weighs a whole lot less than him, who he's confident he can kick his ass. And he, well, that's um, what bullies do, right? They don't yeah. go after big guys. No. No, they don't. And, you know, so what was Chris Rock to do? He, do, he does what he does best. He came up with some, with some material. And uh, I'm sure he felt really good to hear that Will is embarrassed and hurt by what Chris said about him and his family in his Netflix special. Now, some people were critical that Chris didn't need to um, uh, call. I, I don't even recall that he called Jada Pinkett Smith a bitch. He did. But um, but he did. Yeah, I read yeah. that. I, you know, I it didn't really. I, I just thought he was using vernacular because he's pissed. But the dude had to get his swagger on, and he did. He, you know, he basically he had to Here's do something. Here's how I felt about it, Howard. Chris stood there. He was doing his job on the Oscars, right. right? Yeah. And Will Smith walked up on stage and tried to to knock him out. I mean, Chris went over. You you know, he had yeah. to. He went way back from that slap punch whatever it was and then he had to settle himself and go on with what he was supposed to do and will smith never considered for a moment how chris would handle it right he yeah. just did what he wanted to do yeah he blindsided him too but anyway um but the point is he has no right to have any reaction to what chris decided to do after he did that Agreed. to him. It's Absolutely. none of his business. He did what he wanted to do, and now Chris got to do what he wanted to do. 
And the other thing is, you know, uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. I, when I wrote that uh, slogan, a picture is worth a thousand oh, words, it became very you? popular. That was me. <laughs> but the sad thing is, in a few months, people forget what Chris Rock said in the special. No one will forget the image of Will smacking Chris on stage. What do you see? And that will still on, be played over and over and over again. On social media, you see these memes. Yeah. Every, there's even a meme of uh, Will Smith smacking Chris in the head. But not only and that, so, most uh, crazy things that ever happened at the Oscars, there's going to be lists right. that is on. And that's number one. That's right. You know, forever. And uh, so, you know, when w I, I actually thought to myself, being um, someone who speaks for a living, I actually thought the special was going to be an hour and a half about the smack and <laughs> everything that ha I mean, I was curious, like. After that happens, what do you do? I could see real comedy coming out of like, what do you do after this guy smacks you in the face? What did you do preparing for the Oscars? The whole fucking thing, you know, I, I could have seen Chris Rock ripping on this stuff for an hour. So I think, uh, Will Smith got off easy, honestly. Yeah. It was only, yeah. you know, the last minutes of the special. Yep. Yep. The source, uh, here's how I got the quote. Will apologized to Chris and would like for Chris to let it go. Well, you don't get to, you don't get to dictate yeah, what happens. You don't happens get to decide. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I see now that, uh, Chris hangs out with Chappelle. And Chappelle's got a whole bunch of guys that he, there's a whole gang of guys that hang out, like comedian types. So some of the guys are comedians. Some of them look like bodyguards because, you know, Chappelle got attacked on stage too. Shortly um, after that. Yeah. Shor shortly after that. And I think Chris gets some, um, comfort from hanging out with Chappelle and those guys because. Oh, I, I, think I it, don't know. I'm wondering because I know Chappelle has also been hanging out with Will Smith. He has? Yeah. Really? Now you're telling me yeah. something I don't know. Yeah, I heard that, you know, he went to visit Will. Really? And, you know, and this is after getting off the tour with Rock. Really? Jeez, I don't know why yeah, any comedian Some people are trying would... to keep their feet in both camps. Oh, my God. Well, as uh, someone who tries to be funny for a living... And you're not always successful. You can't be 100% of the time. Uh, I uh, I don't like what Will Smith did. I'll say it to his face if he wants to. But um, what what Chris Rock did seemed, uh, quite frankly, tame. Um, well, you know, he always was the more measured guy. He considers things before he does them. He doesn't yeah. spontaneously get up and try to ruin his own career. Yeah. Anyway, I like the special a lot. I, I was laughing the whole time. But he uh, had some great stuff about a lot of things. Yeah, but yeah. I was hanging on my seat waiting for the the stuff about the slap. I mean, if I if I was going to be critical of anything, I would say he didn't need that whole mic drop and then like raising right. his arms up. Like he didn't like it wasn't wasn't like that. It was like the big knockout punch. But, uh, oh, here's the quote from Chris Rock but during his special. She heard him way more than he heard me. 
Oh, there. That was yeah, a good he angle. Said, I didn't have any entanglements. You know, I didn't do anything. I didn't have him on red table talk after an entanglement. Right. You know, she what she did hurt him way more than he hurt me. Got a point there. I got to tell you. Why why did she bring out her husband and discuss her fucking some dude? I mean, what why did she fuck her son's friend? Who was staying at the house because he was having problems. Well, you know what? Especially if you're going to talk about that shit, consider oh, the fact baby. that her husband is one of the, the, the biggest stars in Hollywood. Like, maybe keep that shit on the down low. Just just so it doesn't become a thing every time you look at uh, Will Smith. You know, it is a crazy... The whole thing is crazy. It's all crazy. Everything's crazy. The whole world is crazy. You know... I was watching the news with Trump, you know, they're, they're saying they might indict him and stuff. And then I saw some experts going, they, they, they might arrest him. And, and then I saw some experts going, well, they really shouldn't arrest him for this because it's not so bad. And then I went, well, why did that guy, Michael Cohn, go to jail for a fucking year if it's not a crime? Like the, the lawyer who was directed to do, I, you know, you can't follow any of the logic in our world anymore, right. whether you're a Trump fan or not. I don't understand the the legal discussion. It's like, well, some dude for that crime of Stormy Daniels and the and the secret payoff and not, you know, putting it in the right category as a campaign thing went to jail for a year and the guy was disbarred. He lost his law license. He lost his ability to make a living doing what he loves to do. It seems to me somebody must have committed a pretty serious crime there. Why did that guy have to do a year of his life in jail or whatever he did? I think it was a year, maybe a year. Maybe Years it was more. Long I don't time. even know. Let me tell you, a year. You go to jail. In see jail? how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you, please. Right. It is crazy. Oh, who the fuck is at the door, Robin? For God's sake! I don't know. I mean, I'm in the middle of talking to you. Yeah. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, just in time. I, hey, I'm glad you're here. It's Donald Trump, everybody. Good to see you. Because Good morning. Good morning. I, I got so much shit to ask you, dude. I mean, I'm uh, sure you wow. do. I'm shocked that you're here, actually. Well, I always make time for you, too. You've been so good to me, really. Before I even get into anything, you know, we were just talking about the Oscars. I'm going to ask about your legal troubles, but... Uh, did you did you happen to watch the Oscars? I did. I did. I threw it up on the big screen at Mar-a-Lago. Carrie Lake came over. We made popcorn. We booed whenever they showed Wakanda. It was a great night. It was a great night. <laughs> no kidding. You know, um, Carrie Lake is that wacky woman who ran for governor of Arizona, right? Yes. Yeah, and a, right. and a lot of a lot of people are saying that she's going to be your running mate. Is that true? Well, I have to tell you, it's not true. I mean, it's not official, but it could be. But maybe it's not. Who knows? But it's looking good. It's looking really good. You know, I've been making the women horny for so long. I could use some eye candy for the fellas, right? Right? Right. She's good groups. looking. She yeah. is good looking. She's really got something. She's sassy. And we did yeah. focus <laughs> groups with American men and big beefy guys. And Carrie, chub them 
up like you wouldn't believe. These are the big, strong American yeah. boners we're looking for. She's putting lead in pencils, and that's important. And she's hot. And she, even with the boy haircut, which is normally a boner killer kryptonite for me. Right. Yeah, she has like a boy's haircut. It's like a little right. bob. Right, you like but... long, luxurious hair. I, I do. I love the long hair like Melania and so many of the beautiful women I've been with. Will you announce uh, your running mate soon? Well, listen, listen, you know, I have a much bigger announcement to make first. I think we should do everything in order. My official hurtful nickname for Ron DeSantis. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah, this we is tried. great. This is big. This is big news. Thank I mean, you for giving me the exclusive. Everything. One of the we, things you are great at is making nicknames for your opponents, and uh, I know you've been going after stick. Ron DeSantis. And right, they, they stick. stick. They stick All right, like go ahead. glue. They stick like glue. Okay, we tried Ron DeSantis, but it was just too long, and frankly, a little effeminate. All right, we got to be tougher, tougher. Here it is, Ron DeShithead. Ron DeShithead <laughs> right, is a front right. runner right now with... A backup, Rhonda Dingleberry, right behind it. But I like the shithead. I like the shithead. You know, it's no, not an easy yeah. name. It's not an easy yeah. name, but we have the best minds in the business working on it. Really, my top people. Top people. Well, you know, even Rhonda is uh, interesting. I like Rhonda. I think that's Rhonda. good. Yeah. Rhonda. Yeah. Rhonda. So let so me get many... to the big question. Let me get sure, to the big sure. question, if you don't mind. I got to ask you, are you worried about being indicted? I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried. Howard, I'm not worried. Only poor people. Poor people go to prison. And by the way, which one are you asking about? The federal, the state, the criminal, or the civil? Which one? <laughs> well, I mean, and, by is, the way, is, and by the way, yes. frankly, I just listed them, but who cares? Who cares? It's just a bunch of jealous legal nerds. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, are you, are you innocent? That's the thing. Yeah, Howard, why don't you here say on your that? show, going out to millions and millions of people, I am totally innocent. Unless it's illegal to have a girthy hog between your legs, which in that case, lock me up. Lock me up. All right, all right. Enough about the uh, well, politics. Well, he's admitted that he paid money, but he's saying he didn't do anything wrong. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Robin, I'm the victim here. I'm the victim here. Okay. You know All what right. I mean? What is, what are, what are they taking? What are they taking Stormy Horseface Daniels into custody, right? When is she getting arrested? She was, right. she was blackmailing me. She was blackmailing me. She didn't blackmail you. She, you, you paid to kill the story. She had nothing to do with it. I don't know what you're talking about. She blacked all right, out. Enough about, all right, all right. Enough about politics. You can do that when you get arrested. Enough uh, politics. Let's. What do you right. think of the Oscars? Robin and I were just talking about uh, different well, events. Well, it was that absolutely. It was a nightmare. It was terrible. Total disaster. Really? Biggest waste of time since I sent Eric to college. I, I swear <laughs> it went on for five, six, seven, eight hours. It was so boring. Nobody even got slapped nobody it wasn't even a threat of violence so sad so you sad. say uh, it was the biggest waste of time since you sent eric to college <laughs> absolutely i'm seven yeah. years in college and he's not even a doctor i, I right. tell you that kid <laughs> the only thing about that show that was not woke was the audience because it was a total snooze arama <laughs>
You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. I see. Well, well you I like must it. have liked some of the women, some of the outfits. Well, I did, but I have to tell you, I was a little upset. They don't even nominate white people anymore. It's all people, <laughs> people of color, people of color, blacks, Asian, those blue cat people from Avatar. It's sad. It's really well, sad. Well, what'd you think of my pal Jimmy Kimmel as host? You can't criticize him. I mean, uh, he did a great job. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. I, I used to love Jimmy. The man show was my citizen Kane, you know? But he's right. gone soft. He's gone so really pathetic, actually. I mean, one of the worst Jimmys in all of late night. I'll tell you <laughs> who should have hosted. I'll tell you who should have hosted. Who? Me. Me. You, Me. You. It would have been incredible. <laughs> no one cares. Who gives a shit about the Oscars anymore? But you put me up there. Absolutely the big. Can you imagine two Sundays ago me hosting the Oscars? Huge ratings. It'd be great. I would be like the non-Jewy Billy Crystal. Well, you know, I could see you up there. I, I got to admit, you're right. If you people hosted the Oscars, yeah. people would, you would, would everyone tune would tune in. Yeah. They, everyone, you know, everyone, everybody in every country. And I even wrote some monologue jokes for when I host. You want to hear them? You want to hear sure. them? Sure. I'd love it. still hot. Weather's still hot. Okay. Here All we right. go. I'm on stage. I'm in a tuxedo. I look fantastic. Here we go. I'm glad the cast of everything, everywhere, all at once. Got a day off from their sweatshop to be here tonight. <laughs> okay, how about this? How about this? All right. The whale ahead. is nominated for three Oscars. Three hours of a fat gay guy crying. It was the best comedy of the year. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, oh, thank my. you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, 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 if you hate the Oscars so much, why did you watch them? Oh, Howard. Come on. For the chicks, you know I love raiding women. I mean, they're walking down a runway of the red carpet. I mean, did you see Kate Blanchett? All right. Decent body. Decent body. But the wrinkles, the wrinkles, they're piling up. Her neck oh. looks like it's got labias, which is a medical term, by the way. Her neck looks like it has labias? Labias. Multiple labias. Multiple yeah, labias. Maybe I should well, lick the neck. Who knows? You're always into rating women. What about this uh, Anna Diarmas? She got nominated for playing Marilyn Monroe. Very beautiful. Oh, really? Really? The Cuban Marilyn Monroe. Thanks, Obama. You know, I have to admit she's a hot tamale. She's a hot tamale. But stealing White Fowler is a total boner killer. Let me mention some names of some of the hot okay, women. Emma, here we go. Emma, here we go. Emma, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Good ass. Great tits. But her eyes are so far apart she can see herself shit. All oh, right. wow. What about uh, Meghan Markle? Big slut. I hear her pussy is more banged out than Princess Di's Jaguar. Oh, come oh, on. You don't know anything geez. about that. She's not like that. All right. All right listen, I'll give you another name. I'm going to throw one out. terrible, terrible one, things to say. One, one, of, one of my, uh, I think she's gorgeous. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, come on. I've seen smaller nostrils on Mount Rushmore. And go away. <laughs> Hit me with the next one. And go. Okay. Uh, how about this uh, Rebel Wilson was at the after party, and she just got engaged to her girlfriend. Yeah, and she did slim down, I have to admit. I, yeah. I want to know what she's eating. Is there Ozempic in her pussy now? Is that what it is? Is that what's in there? You think uh, her girlfriend put Ozempic in her pussy? And, uh, Absolutely. She All weight? of a sudden, she slims down. She says, I'm a lesbian who loses weight. Come on. Come on. I mean, I'm, 
All right. What it's about so easy uh, to figure out a woman I admire, Lizzo? I've had her on the show. She's fantastic, Lizzo. She's. I have to admit, she's a ten. I'm, I'm sorry. I meant she's a ton. Two thousand pounds. She's a very fat woman. Very fat. Well, she's actually women. That's how big she she's is. Women. <laughs> she's fat women. Oh, yes, I, you know, I honestly think she she you know she plays the flute. I think she dips it in frosting before she plays it. That's yeah. too far. Come on, stop it. Oh, uh, come on, Liz always a friend. She's got more. She's big. She's a big woman. All right, I'm going to play you off now, like it's the Oscars. Here we yeah, go. I think All right, here enough. we go. Oh, guys, thank you. I just want to thank everybody. I'm great. The election was rigged. Stop the steal. My dick is huge. Nancy Pelosi is a pig. Good night, All everybody. All right, thank you. There he is. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. The orchestra can hardly play loud enough. There you go. So now you get the answers. All right. Over anything. That's right. We're going to take a break. We're back live. People said, What happened to this guy? But we were (laughs) gone for two weeks. I was having too much fun. I could not come in and do the show. Uh, My root canal was so much fun. I had to stay out an extra week. So there you go. I was up watching uh, American Idol. They should put that show on. Oh, you stayed and they... up for another episode? Yeah, I like that show. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's weird. I, I'm very hung up on the fact that Katy Perry and the country judge, Luke Bryan, are very into the, each other. And they exclude Lionel Richie from a lot of their conversation. At one point, Katy Perry got really excited talking about her astrological sign and luke has an astrological sign that she seemed to get excited about and and then lionel is trying to join in you know i'm very sensitive to this stuff because i was a judge on tv i was on america's got talent for four seasons and it's like i like the actual show but i don't like the shtick with the judges because Uh i get mental from it i get i get crazy from it because each one tries to outdo the other one, and then Lionel tries to join in. And I know a lot of times when I was a judge on America's Got Talent, when the three of them were doing shticky kind of like joking around, like Mel B would joke with Howie and, and Heidi, and they'd be doing something silly, and I'd be like, I feel kind of weird, like I'm not joining in. So maybe I should try to join in the silliness, but I don't want to. But I'm sort of sitting here doing nothing, and maybe they think I'm shirking my responsibilities. Like maybe I'm supposed to be goofy and shitting around with the two, the three of them. And so I, it was like a weird dilemma for me. Like I didn't want to joke around with them, and I didn't want to do wacky. Like so, like I was watching Lionel Richie trying to insert himself into this conversation that Luke. And uh, Katy Perry were having, and I was like, "Oh, poor Lionel Richie! You should just sit there. Fuck those two, you know." And I, you know, I, I like Katy. I've had Katy on the show a lot of time, but Luke and Katy have a thing, and they leave Lionel out. They leave. Uh, they leave him out. I can't. I get very hungry. I can't I, help you here. I thought that American Idol was this judge's stick during the time that they're doing the no. auditions. No. You should just judge and then shut up. Like, <laughs> hey, here you, you did a good job. You didn't do a good job. Now go, let's see the next act. Come on. Every time Katie would get up and come around that uh, 
little desk they have them sitting at and get involved with whoever's singing. Well, you seem to like it. Well, I like it because she's a pretty girl and I like looking at her tits. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. I think Katy Perry would be fantastic in bed. I think she's very hungry for a, a very good time. That's what, <laughs> you know, you, you get a vibe. You get a vibe on someone. I think, you I think get Orlando that vibe Bloom. You vibe out of anybody you find attractive. <laughs> I, I do get that vibe. You want to know something though? My vibe, my vibes are getting very weird because, uh, I am not, you know, I used to be able to kid myself and think I was a little bit attractive to the opposite sex. You know, when I was younger, I look in the mirror now, I want to throw up. I mean, I'm officially hitting, hitting the wall and then going through the wall. I went through the wall. It's like <laughs> I went, went through the wall. I went, no, what happened was I was driving a car and the yes. car hit the wall and I went through the windshield <laughs> and hit the wall after going through, uh, through glass. That's what happened. Like everything, like, like you my eyes are all, <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm not going to go get like a facelift because then you end up looking like a woman. You know, I'm just going to be a, a, a Is there really... something wrong with looking like a woman? <laughs> when you're a man, there is. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big problem when you're a man and you look like a woman. Yeah. No. So, so my car hit the wall. I went through the glass and then the wall collapsed on me because the whole thing came crashing down. And the reason I hit the wall is like Wiley E. Coyote. I, um, there was a tunnel painted on it and I drove he right into it. painted like a hole yeah. that yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I drove in it. I look like shit. I mean, no, oh, and I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for. You're not the beholder. You're yeah, very hard yeah. on yourself. You've always been very hard on yourself. Right. Can't you take somebody else's opinion no i mean beth I know, doesn't truth. say you look like you went no, through she's a nice. windshield well <laughs> she's got to have sex with me <laughs> she's got to go in a bedroom take off her clothes and have me get on top of her uh what so she's got to kid herself somewhat oh my goodness yeah i'm out of shape too i got a belly on me I'm thin with a belly, and that's a bad look. I'd rather just be like a big, beefy guy with a bit of a belly, but I'm like a thin guy, and then there's like, there's a belly, like in the middle of all the skinniness. You know? It's weird. I'm, I'm, uh, it's over. You know what I'm saying? It's over. No, I do not yeah. know. You look fine to me. Oh, thanks, Robin. You're it's over, sweetheart. You know who I'm built like? I realize I'm built like E.T. Remember E.T., the extraterrestrial? <laughs> that big little pot. <laughs> yeah, like he had sort of a pot belly, but super skinny and a big head. Uh, yeah. You can see his ribs, but then there's this pot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, but but uh, there's a couple of shows I watched. One is fantastic. And now you're going to make fun of me because I don't know the name of it. There's a show on Hulu, and it's is it called, go ahead. Is it Tell Me Lies? Yeah, Tell Me Lies. Did you watch it, Gary? Uh, not yet, but I know you love it. Tell oh, my lies. God. Tell Me Lies. What's that Tell about? Me Lies. Uh, you might not like it because I go in for this stuff. It's a bunch of kids in college, and they have secrets. Oh, yes. There's a lot of fucking. 
and there's a super hot girl who's the lead. She's uh, Dick Van Patten's niece. Remember Dick Van Patten from Eight oh, Is Enough? Oh yes, I know. There's a Van Patten out there acting. Yeah, she's she's fucking. She's she deserves the Academy Award. Not that fucking <laughs> horrible if, movie. You don't By the know way, if she's an actress or a good actress. She just deserves the Academy Award. Oh my God, she's so <laughs> fucking sexy and hot. Uh. I love college, I love secrets, and I love fucking. Grace Van Patten. What a, yeah. what a, what a woman. And um, the guy who plays the lead is good, and I found out he's Katie Seagal's son. Called, uh, I did Nepo read Baby. that Katie Seagal's son, son was acting, too. So that's yeah. where they are, the Van Patten girl and the Seagal boy. And I heard they actually uh, fell in love in real life, but I don't even know really? if that's true. Somebody told me that this morning. What do I fucking know? But if you want to watch, that's a really good show. Um, And the other thing, of course, that everyone's watching is tell me, no, The, the Last of Us. The Last of Us. Ah. That's awesome. Did you start that yet? I, told, I, told I haven't Robin started it. I haven't started it. I'm wrong with it. you. So fucking good. Uh, you know, tennis has been occupying my mind. Is There's that right? a lot of tennis going on right now. I don't watch that. And one of the greatest players you will ever see is a 19-year-old boy oh, from yeah? Spain called Carlos Alcarez. And no he's kidding. just amazing. Well... You know, I don't watch tennis, and Gary said to me, are you aware that there's something going on with basketball, and it's been going on for the last couple of weeks? March Madness is happening. Yeah, and I go, Gary, I have no fucking clue. No idea it's going on, March Madness. I don't know what's going on with March Madness. It's too much me, but I know it's happening. My wife says being married to me is like having your best girlfriend because uh, I don't watch sports. She goes, it's like being with a with a girl, and I go, yeah. And that's pretty great. She loves it. And it sounds romantic, ladies. But then when I have to kill a spider, I have to bring in my wife. <laughs> that's I'm when busy. it all falls apart. I'm busy with The Bachelor, Thousand Pound Sisters. I don't have time for uh, for anything else. Tennis and March Madness. No, icky sports. Oh, but speaking <laughs> of sports, I should tell people who are into sports. There's a fabulous uh, documentary coming out on Reggie Jackson, the legendary, you know, Mr. October from the Oakland A's and the Yankees. Reggie Jackson, he's going to stop by on Wednesday and uh, promote this thing. I watched it. It is so good. And Reggie is so fucking awesome in it. And when he, like in this documentary, when he gets up and hits home runs, you get the chills because the world was against him. And man, he'd shut everyone up by smacking those home runs. That's key right. times. Love that guy. Reggie let Jackson. his bat do the talking. He, he let his bat, do, like me, in bed with my bat. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, you don't even know. Your head would be spinning. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I wasn't even aware that men were up to something with uh, tennis and, uh, and and basketball, but uh, I should be. Right, Gary? Well, How would you know I about was, that? What? Hold on. Hold on. What? Starting on really Wednesday night, but all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, from noon to midnight on CBS television and then on TBS, it's nothing but basketball games. So even if you were just channel surfing, I don't know how you missed it. And it's all, it's the only thing they talk about in the news. There were like huge upsets. You know what? He doesn't with these, channel surf. I don't. With these, with these uh, apps now, there's no more channel surfing and the television yeah. has changed just like the movie industry. I gotta say <laughs> something. 
that move. I hate to be a buzzkill on everyone's uh, fucking fun, but I when I watch the Oscars and that everything, what is the name of that movie that won? Everything, everything everywhere, everything everywhere, all at once. It is the worst fucking movie I ever tried to watch. In fact, <laughs> I had do you know tried how many to... times I've tried to start that movie. Like I got to tell you my 50 story. Times because. Everybody tells you how good it is. So I said, yeah. well, maybe I need to watch a little. I can't get through 15 minutes of that. And I kind of figure I'm a pretty intelligent guy. I mean, I went to Boston University. <laughs> <laughs> so, there were some Boston U grads at the uh, Oscars. Did you hear that? No. But, but I'm just telling you, this movie, everything, everywhere else, it is so fucking bad. Like. I remember, like, someone said to me, have you seen everything everywhere else or whatever the hell it is? <laughs> and I said, no, I haven't watched it. And someone said, they started describing the movie to me. I go, oh, a long time ago I tried watching that. And I saw about 25 minutes of it. Because when I hear people in going through the time continuum and right, all that, right, I right. get excited. It's like, oh, that sounds like it's up my alley. That's really cool. I love shit like that. Well, you start watching this thing. And I, I think maybe I'm, I probably got through 25 minutes to a half hour. I really That's tried more to watch it. I ever did. Yeah. It was so fucking bad. I mean, when I say bad, I don't know what these people are talking about and I don't know what the point is. And I was saying to myself, am I in the bizarro world with this fucking movie? Am did I, you get is to there? The yeah. Did you get to the, the hot dog they, fingers? No, no, no. That's weird too. But did you get the part where they all worship an everything bagel? I think I did. I got to be honest with you, Gary. I said to myself, <laughs> time is slipping away. <laughs> I got, I'm going to be dead for an eternity. I've got you a short what? window of existence. In other words, somehow these my parents minutes fucked. Are precious. This somehow these my, minutes are precious. Yeah, somehow my parents fucked. Two people that should never have been in bed with anyone. And they've made me, out of all the sperm and eggs and everything else and... My mother even had a miscarriage before me, but somehow, through the miracle of, of, of luck, I was born into existence. Now, if you're like me, you know, once I die, that's it for the rest of eternity. Now, think about how long eternity is, if you can contemplate <laughs> it. I'm going to be, I'm not going to exist. I, I got, I got a short window. I'm watching this fucking movie and I said, I'm not having fun. These, these people are crazy. Then when I turn on the Academy Awards and I see them giving them award after award after award, I said, this is the emperor's got uh, whatever he's got. Some kind of clothes. New clothes, clothes. yeah. Thank you, Robin. Emperor's <laughs> new clothes. And I couldn't. I, I, I mean, I don't. I wish someone would explain to me what the movie is. Well, Howard, then they, said, they capsulize it and they say it's like putting your mother in the Matrix. And I'm like, bullshit. Yeah, I've watched the Matrix. Bullshit, that yeah. is not putting your mother in the Matrix. Right. I think they said. I think they said that. Um, I saw. I, I hope I have this right. It's the most above the line Oscars ever won by a movie, and I think that means it won picture, director, I know, screenplay, and then three of the acting awards. Thank God, Brendan Fraser won that Best Actor award for the Whale because the Whale was yeah, a broke really that good movie. Thing up. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, you know, it should have been a good movie with 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 uh, 
with, with time continuum. I love that. Hey, Gary, as long as I got you here, Mike from Maine has a question for you. Go ahead, Mike. Good morning, Howard. Um, morning. Uh, Gary, uh, Gary, I want to know, is Aaron Rodgers the best thing to happen to the Jets in your lifetime, or was it Brett Favre? <laughs> now, here's something well, masculine I can talk about. Are you excited about Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets? I am cautiously optimistic, but I am not jumping for joy like everybody else. I feel like for this to work, you have to thread a needle. Like it's got to be a lot of things have to be perfect. And there's a gazillion ways this can go wrong. How? Well, for starters, Aaron Rodgers is not young. So, you know, 39 years old, he could go down and get hurt. That there's that. That's and true. then Aaron Rodgers is kind of like he can bring a, a bit of a no, he can bring a bit of a circus with him. And he can be like, sometimes he's like, you, you know, he might dictate how he wants things to do. He's a legend, so he might tell a coach how things should be done. It could get crazy. I'm not saying it will. But he so doesn't I'm do that stuff, Gary. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't tell coaches what to do and stuff. He, he doesn't like the front office shit, but, uh, he, I think he's, uh, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but. I, I, mean, I think the age thing is, is the biggest thing. And also, it's not the future. Like, the Jets have this great team, so I feel like they should be getting a quarterback who's the future. So you got one, maybe two good seasons with Aaron Rodgers. So for, what's the uh, definition of success? If you sign Yeah, but you want to know something? I think nowadays, and, this, and by the way, my expertise comes from watching one whole Super Bowl. But I think <laughs> nowadays, if you could get your team into the Super Bowl, even just for a season, it's exciting. It helps the franchise. Fuck it. Live for the moment. Don't worry about build. You know, yes, it's a great idea to build a team and have a young quarterback who works into it and becomes huge. But you know what? The Jets need something, man. So give them one good season with Aaron Rodgers. It depends. They're going to have to give up some stuff. They might have to give up a couple of first-round draft picks. Here's what's going on right now. The Green Bay knows the Jets have no other options, right? And right. the Jets know Green Bay has no other options. In other words, if they if they keep if the Jets don't take Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay's got to pay him a shit ton of money. If the Jets don't take Aaron Rodgers, they have no quarterback, so they're both just waiting to see who's going to blink first. All right. Well, let well, me there you ask go. you because nobody's talking about the team around. Does the Jets organization have the components that yes. Aaron Rodgers needs? Yes. First of all, they just signed a guy that Aaron Rodgers to play with a receiver, but the Jets had both um, the defensive and offensive rookie of the year last year. They've got good players. What they are missing is a good quarterback to pull them together. All right. All right. Good. Enough man talk. Let's get back to <laughs> Thousand Pound Sisters hey, on The Bachelor. Yeah. Let me ask Robin a question, too. Hey, Robin, did you spend the last yeah. two weeks in bed strumming your banjo to the Jake Gyllenhaal photos? The, oh, the, my the God. Robin, is he looking harder than he's ever looked to you or not? How do you get into that kind of shape again and again and again? I saw those pictures of Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm like, you know, I was in the gym from the time I was like like in my 40s, you know, like Jake Gyllenhaal, working out, running every day, and I still look like a fucking string bean. (laughs) I don't know how these actors, they, they, I don't know how these. Something's going on, Howard. What is it? I don't have, I must not have any testosterone or something. I, I end up growing tits in a belly when I work out. I don't get it. But uh, did you strum your banjo to those pictures? Uh, no, as, uh, I did Mike not said? strum my banjo. I yeah. simply, Robin, uh, in fact, I could only spend a little time looking at them. Maybe I would have. It was just like, oh, my God. Robin plays the banjo regularly. So there you go. <laughs> strum your banjo. I like that. Uh, go ahead, Justin, in New York. You're on the air. Hey, Howard. 
I would just Sorry, uh, Robin that, is strumming her banjo. Can you do that uh, quietly? I'm getting Robin? ready. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what can uh, I do for you, Justin? Uh, uh, so the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. It's more so a movie about family, but they do take you to a very boring point where you finally yeah, meet a, Jamie Lee. It's a, ter- it's a terrible movie, and your phone yeah, is terrible, too. You're breaking up. Speaking How of Jamie Lee Curtis. How long is the movie? 45 minutes is boring. <laughs> yeah. It's, a great, it's an Academy Award winner. It's 45 boring minutes. <laughs> I wish somebody would have gotten up and run, like done like a uh, Kanye West and run up on stage and go, this is ridiculous. You do not deserve these awards. It's horrible. I mean, but I speaking, love Michelle Yeoh, and I'm glad she has an Oscar, but my goodness. Yeah, but not for that shit. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is great. I mean, but anyway. Jamie Lee Curtis, I saw her being interviewed on the red carpet, and she said one of the most wonderful things I've ever heard somebody say. And uh, I'm all for this. She said, musicians, well, here, I'll let her say it. I got the tape. Listen to this. I was so turned on by this. I am going to just say this now as a taunt and as a suggestion. You two do a matinee. Coldplay, do a matinee. What about a 12 noon concert, Coldplay? What about it? Bruce Springsteen, do a fucking matinee. You're old. Why wouldn't you let me come see you, Bruce Springsteen, in your glory days, pun intended, um, and do it at noon or one o'clock, two o'clock, two o'clock matinee, theater in New York, two o'clock. I will come hear your five-hour concert, Bruce, at two o'clock, and I'm going to be home and in bed by 7.30. Two o'clock is perfect. I'll tell you what. So I take my nap right after lunch. So then I can wake up and get over to the concert. And then Let see me tell it from, you. Yeah. I, I mean, I've you know, seen a matinee concert. Yeah. Doesn't work. And let me tell you, they are the saddest things you could ever go through. I'm li- listen to me. Because the audience, not every person of Jamie Lee Curtis's age is Jamie Lee Curtis. Most of them can't lift their heads. Oh, well, you know. If they are sleeping while Bruce is singing, it's a sad, sad thing. I, I'm telling you, most of these, uh, they call heritage acts, you know, uh, <laughs> these, these classic rock acts. I love them all. I would, you know, Bruce Springsteen himself said, you know, why don't you come to one of my shows? And I was like, I, I didn't want to say Bruce because I have to go to bed. I'm too fucking tired. I can't stay up. <laughs> my band Tuchus only performs in daylight. No nighttime appearance. Well, Forget guess it. where you're going to be performing? In my Tuchus. <laughs> I, um, I, I thought it was great because I, I can't stay awake anymore. It's just the worst. I'm in a panic. My daughter is getting married and the, the wedding starts at 7 p.m. And I, I said to her, what are you doing? You couldn't even get her to do a matinee. What's wrong? No, no. I said, why can't you? What, what are you? Who are you? The, the princess from, uh, from, 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 from England? I said, uh, do it in the afternoon. You know, your father's an old man. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm not even, she goes, dad, can't you just suck it up and stay awake for, I said, yeah, I could, but I'm not going to enjoy myself. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be tired. Kids don't know what it is to be a hundred years old. Get it. (laughs) Get it. Oh my God. I go for a walk with my wife 
And, you know, we like to put in at least three miles, if not four. But by mile two and a half, I got to pee so bad. It doesn't <laughs> even matter. I, I don't drink water all day. It's because I got an enlarged prostate. How and slow like, are you walking? Oh, we walk so slow. People, <laughs> like really, really old people, pass us. Oh, stop it. <laughs> and we can't figure it out because we're like, we think we're moving fast. <laughs> And they all pass us. No one walks behind us. Like, I see guys, like, almost in wheelchairs walking faster. Like, you know, they drag one leg. Right. And they right. seem to have, like, an arm that doesn't work properly. <laughs> and, they, and then they drag by me. And I'm like, I, I said, my wife, how could they be going faster than us? It doesn't make sense. I'm lifting my feet at the same rate they are. It's fucked up. It's all messed up. Everything's messed you, up. You got to start working on that. They should not be passing you. I know. And then I try to move faster, but it's hard. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm moving fast. I thought, but I, yeah, we walk and then like the last 20 minutes of the walk, I'm like, honey, I have to pee. I might start wearing a diaper on my walk. I'm not bullshitting you. Do you really think you could use a diaper? I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of some, some pee dribbles out because I can't get really? to the bathroom. But yeah, so I'm like, I mean, I can't hold it that long. You don't, you don't young, have stains on your pants. I, I don't because I put tissues in my, uh, in my <laughs> underpants. I've got like a wad of tissue in there at all times. I always have two, uh. like, they're like panty liners, like a wee wee pad is in there. <laughs> Panties. <laughs> I actually bought a product that was like, um, instead of putting tissues down there, they have like pads you can put in, but they, they would rub my dick like, they didn't so feel good on things would my get penis. irritated. Yeah. The tissues move with my penis. It's the best option I, see, I have. I see. Yeah. Cause when I pee, I dribble for like five minutes afterwards. So I just, I don't have time for that. So I just stick my dick back in my pants and let it go right into the tissue. Well, Howard, you have now come up with a product. What you need to yeah. be doing is perfecting this. Yeah, I'm working on it. Believe me. I know. I have a patent out on that. Do you? Because yeah. you could make a lot of money. Yeah. It's great. I have a new product. Looks like I escaped from a nursing home. I, I make man pads. <laughs> yeah. Manny pads. <laughs> Fucked up. You know, I used to kid myself. I think I'm fairly sexual and attractive to be. Well, you can't be. Not if I'm walking around with tissues in my underpants. <laughs> it's just a sad fucking day when you decide to just piss your pants because you can't hold it. <laughs> it's a sad day. They don't, and they just have bathrooms somewhere, like outdoors where you can like go. Like everywhere. Because <laughs> you don't know when it's going to hit you. One day I had to piss outside. It was so bad. I have to admit. I found a little spot. And I had my wife do lookout. I said, honey, you oh. got to look out. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pee. You know, what am I going to do? I, I, it's a sad day when I'm jealous of dogs. I don't know, Howard. It sounds like you're falling off a cliff here. I know. I know. <laughs> Believe me, I feel Everything it. Everything is getting worse faster. Yeah. Anyway, I'm working on those man pads. In fact, they're cool. Uh, mine have, um, I, I shouldn't even tell you this, but mine have skulls on them. So people will feel hip. <laughs> There's this thing they keep advertising during the day on television. It's always yeah. fun to watch television during the day and see what the yeah. ads are. It's right. now this thing that's sort of shaped like a banana. Mm. And they advertise it for older women. 
So when older women are sleeping and dribbling, it's going through this thing in the banana and going nice. into a, a little uh, jar so they don't wet themselves during the night. I think I'm going to get that for my walk. I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm not that big, so I can probably fit into that banana <laughs> like a woman. Yeah. Yeah. What am I going to do? Uh, Fred, you're on the air. Who? Who? What? Fred. Hi, Fred. You're on the air in Louisiana. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't. Uh, it, when you said Fred, it went ding. Well, a few things. I, I've never called, but about that movie, I couldn't agree with you more. I decided I'd watch it. It took me all day long to get through it. <laughs> I had to keep stopping. Yeah. It's, and I'm, it's a great movie, huh? Oh, it's the worst movie I've seen in forever. And you and I are about the same age, and what you need is a fenced-in backyard, and you go out and pee with your dog. That's what I do. Well, when I'm well, dude, when I'm home, I don't have to pee. There's with a bathroom in his house. Don't you yeah. have a bathroom? <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> easier to go outside with the dog. I don't have to wait <laughs> water. Dude, you're into a whole new thing. I mean, I'm not into that. I mean, I'm talking about when I'm away from the house. Well, <laughs> you don't right, go Fred. very far. Is what you do. And right, Fred, you're, scare, you're scaring me. You're scaring yeah. me, buddy. Okay, yeah. thanks. Fucking weirdo. Can't can't relate. What I do is go out in the backyard with my dog and pee. And you I'm fence like, in the backyard, <laughs> and then you pee with the dog. <laughs> wow. What I like to do is... Uh, I shit in a hole. What do you mean? I go out in the backyard, dig a hole, and shit in there. Sometimes I go behind the shed and take a shit. I'm like, what? I'm not talking about that. Oh, man. Mike in New Jersey, go ahead. What up? This pizza thing is fucking real, man. I, I'm proud of myself. I can make it to Delaware where my kid goes to college without having to stop twice from fucking New Jersey. I don't even pull in a rest stop anymore. Takes up too much fucking time. I piss on the side of the road. I don't even care. I just piss in a bottle. I'm in traffic and uh, getting to work right now for an hour. I had a piss in a Pold Spring bottle. I mean, yeah. I gotta go again. I just went fucking half hour ago. This show, I'm gonna have to piss out the window next. I was watching it's last night the finale serious. of the, the finale of Mayor of Kingstown. I'm watching with my wife and I go, "Honey, I'm sorry. I got to stop and pee." I get up, I pee. I sit down. Ten minutes later, I go, "Honey, I got to pee again. I, I I can't even hold it." And I got to tell you, I used to pride myself when I was a young man on how I never peed. And then my doctor says to me when I got this pillosophagitis thing over the vacation, he says, drink more water. I go, I can't. I want to go for a walk. I got to I got to dry out before I fucking go for a walk. It's insane. When I have to be aware of what I'm drinking because I know. And then you're fucking dehydrated at the end of the day. You didn't piss, yep. but now you can't fucking walk. Yeah, I love these exercise people go, you should drink more water. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> but I you do. Right you wind now. up all old people are dehydrated because they yep. try not to pee all the time. I'm telling you, I talked to all my buddies about it. It's crazy. Yeah, Mike, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I don't even understand the dynamic of it, nor do I want to be explained it. But they say when you have an enlarged prostate. It doesn't allow as much pee out, so you don't empty out your bladder. 
And my luck, I got you. Don't know you're not empty. You you're empty. I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm empty. And then five minutes later, I go again. (laughs) It's crazy. You couldn't have been empty. Uh, But I'm empty. You know what I mean? I'm empty. It stopped. Yeah, it stopped. What am I supposed to do? Anyway, uh, did I have anything else to tell? Oh, do you want to hear? Uh, I don't even know if you care about this. Ralph's Oscar thoughts. Ralph's Oscar thoughts. Is that what you know. said? Yeah, somebody <laughs> interviewed Ralph about the Oscars. Mm. All right. Well, they must have thought it was interesting. Yeah, I could I could play it. Is it going to be a rundown of the red carpet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi. Hey, it's Gene Simmons. Gene, hey, how you doing from Kiss? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hi. It's Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> I love the idea of man ponds. Right. Right. And you guys sell everything. Do you think we could go into business together like a Kiss man pond, but I could get some money out of it? Well, it took a few minutes, but it's already available at kissonline.com. <laughs> Click wow. on the eggplant squirting emoji and get your Kiss Man Pods. Four different Man Pods with different members of Kiss on each one. You can piss with Kiss. What a great idea, Howard. Thanks for letting me steal it. All right. Take care. Speaking of Kiss, by the way, thanks, Gene. Uh, Kiss was on our show right after, um, well, right before the vacation, the break. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people were excited about that. Let's see what they had to say. Oh, the host of Sirius XM's Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation, Mark Striggle, found the interview insightful. Thank you, Mark. Listen to this. Here's uh, Mark talking about, I guess he's talking about it. Oh, I see. He just wrote. Mark wrote, I've been watching, listening, and reading interviews with Kiss for over 40 years, and today's interview with Howard was the best. He pulled back the curtain, let us see what drove them to become one of rock and roll's greatest acts ever. Felt like I was a fly on the wall in a therapy session for the first 30 minutes of their chat. Good. Ricky Rackman. You remember Ricky? Ricky oh, from I love MTV? Ricky. Sure. Yeah. Ricky said the interview with Kiss was different. Let's be honest. We have all heard Kiss interviews forever, but Howard nailed it. Thank you, Ricky Rackman. Um, some people wrote us. I was pleasantly surprised at how open Gene was this morning when he spoke about protecting his mother and keeping his troubles from her. I really felt for him. Yeah, I did, too. Um, they were very open and giving. That's for sure. People like... One person thought Kiss should get the Springsteen treatment and we should put it up on HBO. Maybe. Um, Kiss Kiss kicks ass so much. They rocked it today. I was out of my chair singing Detroit Rock City at the top of my lungs. Detroit Rock City. Yeah, check it out on the app. Yeah, that was fun. Man, I had a great time with those guys. Howard, we want we wanted the best. We got the best. Those performances were a lot of fun this morning. I was blasting Shout It Out. Shout it, shout it, shout it, shout it, shout it. 
first album was Love Gun as a little kid in 1977. <laughs> Here I am almost 46 years later and I still love him. This was a great performance. Rock and Roll All Night is one of those songs that will still be played for decades to come. this sebastian bach the front man for hard rock band skid row we know sebastian talked to sirius xm's host eddie trunk about his reaction to the interview and i was uh, very pleased to hear this this is sebastian bach on the eddie trunk his show. interview with kiss was so uh was awesome. detailed yeah. and emotional well, yeah. and insightful and inspirational and also his interview with neil young was incredible yeah. so i can't see myself not at these shows yeah and when I was telling Suzanne, my wife, what I was doing, I just started like, like I burst, like I got, I, I started crying without yeah. thinking about it because it's I was talking thing. about the very, like saying goodbye yeah. to Kiss. Wow. Yeah, you know, this whole idea of Kiss doing their farewell concerts yeah. really kind of got people emotional and uh, they, they uh, responded to it. Uh, what else can I tell you? Yeah, so, let's see, the, fan, the fans wrote in about High Register Sean. They wrote in about uh, some of the vacation programming that we did. They love storytellers on Howard 101. Um, Michael Rappaport also co-hosted one episode of Stern Show Storytellers with Rasan, And fans were enjoying that. Yeah, a lot of nice feedback here. Yeah, yeah, a lot of really, really a lot of nice feedback on uh, some of the stuff we ran over the vacation for people. Howard one hundred one. We always try to do some interesting program on there, but also with the Kiss thing, it's really great to watch those guys on the app, the Sirius XM app. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll uh, enjoy that. Oh, getting back. So, do you want to hear Ralph rattling on about his thoughts on the Oscars? Let, let's try. All let's right, let give me, it a let shot. Let me pull that up. All right, well, I'm looking for that. Want to hear from Bobo? We haven't heard from Bobo in a while. Okay, Bobo, you're on from Florida. Hey there, Howard. I really enjoyed your interview with Kiss. It was almost as like they were in the therapist's office. You really got Gene and Paul to open up about both right. of kids, you know? Uh, Thank you, Sorry. Bobo. Why'd you, why'd you pick up on Bobo? Oh, come on. <laughs> you, you don't bash Bobo all the time. Come on, Robin. Hey, Robin. Robin no, there was a call. Take it easy. There was a call a few weeks ago before we went on vacation where Bobo actually asked a good question. He well, did? What I did didn't he ask? complain about it at all. I can't well, remember it now because it was so long ago. <laughs> but I remember thinking during the conversation it sparked, Bobo asked a good question. Well, that was a big day. This question. I, this was a great interview, and you guys oh, went on, be quiet, and, uh, be on quiet. hiatus for two weeks. <sighs> and oh, you're, being, you're being mean, Robin. Come on. <laughs> it's Bobo. It's just boring. <laughs> you don't want to hear Bobo's thoughts about Kiss? Kiss it's should do a matinee. You just read somebody say about Kiss. He had to get in with that. I saw the phone light up. It was Bobo. <laughs> it was an emergency call. Um, okay, here's Ralph. I found it. Uh, this is his thoughts on the Oscar red carpet. It was. A, I knew it. I said this is a red carpet redux. 
uh, evidently this year they had a champagne colored carpet instead of a red carpet. And Ralph, I think, is irked by this. Okay, one of the other things, though, was uh, one of the headlines I saw was it was one of the most naked red carpets ever. We were talking earlier. They, the women, the, the Vanity Fair party after the party. Oscars. Yeah. They had pictures of the women. It looked like the greatest strip club you ever saw. It was all actresses, almost naked. Yeah. My my favorite, Hunter Schaefer, the transsexual uh, actress. She's a trans woman. She she just had on a like a a thing over her nips. Right. It was and like almost the size. It was like a feather, wasn't it? A feather over her titties. Yes. And a lot of uh, <laughs> women were wearing, you know, even less. Everyone <laughs> wanted to show their titties and their One flat bellies. One woman was also only wearing a thong. Right. She, it was yeah, great. The whole dress was like, I don't know why you were wearing a dress because it was all holes, you know. It was like, just like <laughs> I used to go to a lot of strip clubs and, you know, I go to scores. Even the strippers wore more clothes. Yeah. Like they left a little mystery. <laughs> but it was great. The Sierra was wearing a thong. That's all she wore. That was That's the it. only thing. Under this naked kind of outfit, yeah, fantastic. I love it. I love it. What when you go to a party like the Vanity Fair? I've never been to such a thing. But when you go, is it wrong to like sit in a chair and just stare at this girl's ass? I mean, it, how can you not if you're a dude? Well, how do they walk around and eat? And I mean, are you doing regular things naked? It looked like Ronnie's bachelor party. You know, it didn't look like the vanity. The vanity fair party sounds like it might be classy. This was like, right. this was hardcore fucking nudity. It was fucking awesome. I loved it. But here's Ralph. So evidently, I guess a lot of people were outraged. That and it wasn't a, a red carpet? Yes. I mean, here, you can hear the, the outrage on these newscasts. So many folks are upset about this, the new champagne carpet. To be quite frank, they don't like it. They hate it. I don't know how I feel about this because a red carpet is a red carpet. It's traditional. Right. It won't be the same without the red carpet. I would be so offended if this was my very first Oscars and I was walking on this. Go back to red carpet next year, please. Mm -hmm. They still call it the red carpet show, even though the Boy, people can get upset about anything, can't they? They said it was a red carpet, and it wasn't. It was champagne. I'm like, (laughs) Jesus. Can they please go back to the red carpet? I'd be so offended. How dare you? We interrupt the coverage of the toxic train derailment in Ohio (laughs) to tell you that we hate the the champagne carpet. And now, back to our regular coverage. (laughs) Yeah, the Oscars had a red carpet since 1961, but this year, for some reason, it was changed to a champagne color. Well, that means for it's 90. This was the 95th Oscars. If they only changed it in 1965 to a red carpet, it was something else before. Get over yourselves. I'm looking at a picture. (laughs) Sorry, Robin, I'm distracted. I'm looking at a picture of Ciara in a going to the (laughs) Vanity Fair party in a thong. Would it be, is it politically incorrect to like, if you're sitting at that party and she walks over, can you ask for a lap dance or pay her for one? 
<laughs> or like, would she be insulted by that? I mean, where do where do I put my twenty? That's yeah. what you said. <laughs> if I was at that party, I would have just slipped like a couple of dollar bills into that phone. I'm sorry. I thought you were work. Uh, Here's Ralph. Evidently, I, I think he's outraged about it, which might mean he's not the heterosexual he claims to be. <laughs> First of all, for Oscars, I have to watch Laverne Cox on E. Oh, she's just awful. She's badly dressed. She's disgustingly insincere. I'm starstruck. How are you? Oh, I'm obsessed. Amazing. And then this guy Riz Ahmed was on, and she goes, Riz Ahmed? This other stupid thing they did was a champagne carpet. Like, come on. Like, what's wrong with a red carpet? Just to be different. This year they had to have the champagne carpet, you know, and everybody's, oh, the champagne carpet. It's like, shut the fuck up. And mark my words, they're going to go right back to the red carpet le- next year. Oh, boy. I hate champagne carpet. Stupid. It's Ralph oh, my God. They have somebody doing sign language, but I just don't get it because isn't you there closed captioning? I mean, you know, maybe that was good <laughs> in the 1800s, but what's wrong with the closed captioning? I they're all flailing their arms around. Like, I know if I knew somebody who knew sign language, they would agree with me. They would just say, like, he doesn't have to be flailing. It's like, notice me, notice me. Wow. Even the even the deaf people even took a hit. Even the deaf guy got hit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. That's cold. I, it's, it's so terrible. Is off on everything. Mm. The one thing that they need to change about the Oscars is that music between awards I or going uh, into commercials. Because that music is the same music they played at the first Oscars. I know, you expect I, Bob Hope to come out. I'm so glad you said that, Robin. I, I, <laughs> can I say something about the champagne carpet? There's a two fucks. <laughs> Who gives two fucks? Uh, what is this? Ralphie's Oscar Thoughts Part 2? Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe he started to like the champagne carpet. <laughs> Oscar Jimmy was great, but I noticed right away his suit didn't fit right. And then he switched into a white jacket, which he didn't need to. I don't know why he's changing jackets, but okay. But that one didn't fit either. I think I need to help him. I think he needs some help with tailoring. Like one side of him is off. There was some woman, and she had some big, like an open hood. Like All right, okay, I had enough. Who cares? Oh, boy. Yeah. Good Lord. Howard, can, well, I, can I just yeah. can I pick up on... Because you shut off with something that made me crazy, too. I know. Wo- the woman with the, the giant the hat. The woman. But yeah. it was, like, ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's so selfish. It's like, you don't want... No one behind you could see. The guy next to her had to lean over. It's, like, fucking rude. I hated it. She carried her own cloud with her. So she had a weather system blocking yeah. everybody else's view. I didn't care. I was glad she had a big giant, was like, big giant you know, hat. These yeah. are not the nicest people. They don't care about other people. As Jimmy said in his monologue, do the same thing you did last year if any violence breaks out. Just sit there and do nothing. Just for your edification, Ralph had over an hour and a half of raw thoughts. Those were cut down. <laughs> It is his Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, what is it, Gary? You have one more thought? I do. I, the in memoriam thing, like usually they leave people yeah. out. And you're like, eh, I could have gone this way or that way. 
they left out some crazy major people. First of all, Paul Servino, Goodfellas, the guy's an actor for 30-plus years. Anne Heche, you know, she was in a lot of movies. Agreed. And um, what's the guy that just passed away? Uh, Tom Robert Sizemore. Blake. No, what about well, Robert Blake? Right, and Robert Blake. I thought that Jimmy mentioned Robert Blake before as a joke. I thought that was a good way to acknowledge it without putting him in. Because I think if you were to put Robert Blake in, people were like, there was a whole discussion. Should you put him in? Because what he might or might not have done. But um, Well, all they know what he did. <laughs> well, he wasn't you acquitted. Know. Well, listen, if they start making, in other words, should they put in a guy who's been arrested? Should they put in a guy, you know, so you can't make values. If, uh, if, uh, if a guy is in movies, you put him in. Now, uh, this, uh, the thing with Paul Servino, you're right. This guy was a great actor. And I know his daughter's all bent out of shape about the in memoriam. And I don't blame her. I get it. Uh, I think we Hay should stop doing the in memoriam because this always happens. Somebody gets left out. Too many people get left out. And everybody argues no. about how you terrible to it was it. for people who were left out. So I no. think we should stop no. it. You have to have it. People need it. They want to <laughs> see who died. But it gets into a whole weird thing because they mention a lot of people that nobody knows, you know, like lighting directors and publicists and stuff. And... um they try to find some balance in it, but you're leaving out people that people know. But you know Absolutely. what didn't happen this year? They never had anybody that they dwelled on. You know, right. every no, once in a while, there's some speaking. people that, yeah, you see some of their movie roles or whatever. But this I, year, no, you didn't have any of that. You just got a picture. I got something good for you. What? We asked Ronnie, the limo driver, to rate Best Actress winner Michelle Yeoh on her appearance. Oh. And uh, I think she's very attractive. I don't know what Ronnie thinks, but here we go. This is Ronnie doing what he does best, looking over a woman and telling you whether or not he'd fuck her. Welcome to Rating Celebrities with Ronnie Mons, Oscar edition. Michelle Yeoh. Ronnie, what do you think? Nah. Sorry, pal. She just doesn't do it for me, man. Yeah. Nah. I don't know if I could get hard. For, I could probably get hard for her. I'm not saying I couldn't. You got to see how she reacts to making out and playing with her tits and sucking on a clit. Plus, she looks older. How old is she? She's 60. I mean, she looks good for 60, but she's probably gone through menopause already and everything. She's not on fire. So skinny, man. Like I said, I like girls with a little meat on them. Thick in the butt. Bigger boobs. They don't have to be giant. I mean, that last picture where she's doing that split. I mean, it looks like you could stick your dick right in there. That's for sure. She doesn't have that sex appeal. Doesn't look like she really gets turned on good. Give her like seven. Seven. Her age, yeah, for sure. That's my opinion. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, don't shoot that messenger. <laughs> we need him. Uh, We've had Michelle Yeoh on this show, I think. Yeah, we did years ago. Lovely woman, great actress, but she yeah. shouldn't have won anything. That mo that whole horrible movie shouldn't Not have been movie. represented. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> it was a horrible fucking movie. No one will ever convince me that that movie had any merit. Um, Ralph made an offensive comment about deaf the deaf guy who was doing the uh, closed caption thing or whatever sign oh, language. Well, he was signing, yes. And he wants to get on the air and yell about it. Yes, sir, go ahead. So, well, to my fucking business. <laughs> All right. I hear you. Take it up with Ralph. 
call into Ralph uh, 100. Ralph are 100. You, are you deaf? I mean, can if Ralph <laughs> called in, could you hear him? Speak up. I can't hear you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Angel, you're on the air in Texas. Hey, Howard. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Okay. Angel. Yeah. Quick. Sorry. First time. Kind of nervous. Hey, I got a quick question for you. You know, you were talking earlier in regards to going to urinate so many times during the day. I'm asking for your medical advice since you are the Dr. Howard Stern. In regards to every night, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom like five times while I'm sleeping. And I cut off my drinking like at 7 p.m. at night. But all I drink mm. is either water or iced tea. Did yeah, I mean, like do you have an? Yeah, when what's to say you have an enlarged prostate? We talked about that already, Angel. It's do you get an older. annual physical where they stick their finger up there? Yes, I do, Robin. <laughs> because they should tell that. you if you have uh, an enlarged prostate. I was thinking about some of the people that died over. You know, two weeks go by, everybody dies. This guy Gary Rossington died from Leonard Skinner, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, he was like the last living member of Leonard Skinner, but they still tour even now because I guess they put together a bunch of other guys to be Leonard Skinner. Well, a lot of Leonard Skinner died over the years and a lot yeah. of them died right, you know, with each other. In the plane crash. Yeah, in the plane crash. Yeah. And so they've been replacing guys all along. Yeah, let me say a few words about Leonard Skinner because I should. I mean, I've played enough of their music. When you're a DJ, especially when I worked at album rock stations where they gave you the music to play, they gave, they always gave you Freebird, of course. <laughs> when I was a progressive DJ, meaning I could play whatever I want, I thought I was cool because I used to play, ooh, that smell. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool. Like, I didn't think a lot of people knew that track. Little did I know everyone knew that track, everyone but I thought knew. it was cool. Yeah. yeah, I would be like, <laughs> I'd be like, WRNW, Westchester. No, no, it was WRNW, Briarcliff Manor. <laughs> the music from the woods. Ooh, that smell. Ooh, that smell. Coming at you. Can't you smell that smell? I was the worst fucking disc jockey on the planet. <laughs> I don't think one person listened to my show. I'm pretty sure, like, if I just said fuck, no one would have cared. Wouldn't have even gotten noticed. Station was so bad that I remember when I was the program director, and I've told you this a million times, but it bears repeating. Just It's a great example of how bad the radio station was that I worked at. As the program director, I was in charge of uh, the Sunday morning public affairs programming, and we used to get a, an album every week from the Marinol College, and it was a religious program. I guess they paid to have this thing played. I don't know if they paid or what. But um, it seemed like nobody paid us for anything back in those <laughs> days. But the idea was you get the album, you take the album, and then you mail it back after we play it, and then they send you a new one. Right. Well, they kept sending me new albums, and I was like just so fucking lazy that I played the same Sunday morning program for the full year that I was the program director. You never and sent no- it back? Nope. And no one complained. Like, not one <laughs> listener called in and said, you know... It's the same Mary Knoll, whatever. I heard that last week. 
Yeah. yeah well, you know, <laughs> the not one. That. It means it means zero people were listening. <laughs> but anyway, like you could play whatever you wanted because it didn't matter what you played. It, no one listened. There were no well, listeners. Well, it also means Mary Knoll wasn't paying attention. No, they didn't the even listen to their... The wasn't paying attention. Like, they should have called up Furious and go, we pay you to play our Mary yeah. Knoll, whatever Mary Knoll is, Mary Knoll Church or whatever. I don't know what they were. I didn't listen. <laughs> and, like, even the DJ who was in charge of playing, putting the record on the air didn't listen because he never said to me, hey, <laughs> Howard, maybe you ought to switch out records once in a while. Nobody cared. Nobody gave two shits. Not only was I a bad DJ, I was the worst program director ever, too. <laughs> like, you were supposed to sit and listen to music and then, like, decide what, you know, it's very important what records are added. Right. Record guys record guys would call me, I swear to God. They'd go, hey, would you add this record? to?" I go, sure. They go, wait, I didn't even <laughs> tell you what the record yes is. yes to anyone. Anything whatever. they wanted. Oh, my God. Because who cared? You know, I was, it was like, well, nobody's listening. It's like, well, <laughs> sure. If it, and I felt bad for these guys. Like, they were like, well, if you had the record, it means I get to keep my job. And I go, okay, keep your job. But Howard, you weren't what? helping the radio station. Didn't matter. Nobody listened. <laughs> there was no, I don't even think the signal reached anybody's house. <laughs> It didn't matter. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm was, just worried that, you know, those people were wasting their time with you because you weren't even trying. Everybody there was a waste of time. And everyone was wasting their time. The whole enterprise was a waste of time. The only thing good about it was you got experience being on a microphone, you know? Okay. And, uh, and you got, hey, for your troubles, you got $4 an hour. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was kind of neat. You got to pretend you were on the radio for $4 an hour. I was making a whole 96 a week. 96 bucks. And it was great. Yeah, the whole thing. I think the whole radio station sold for $300,000. I was going to say $300. <laughs> no, no. And you know what? When, when it was bought, it was bought by some guy, two brothers who knew nothing about, they didn't care about radio. Uh -huh. They were in the real estate business or like one of the brothers had money and the other one was kind of like married into the family. And uh -huh. the one who married into the family, he got to sit in the off the office. It was a living room. It was somebody's <laughs> house. And then he would come in and talk to me about what we were up to. And I bullshit him. Well, what, what records are you playing? I go, well, you know, everything. You know, we, we're doing a lot of research over there. I'm getting $4 an hour. How much research am I doing? <laughs> Quite frankly, I spent most of the day looking for another job, trying to get something going. Yeah, that was the research. <laughs> yeah. That was the guy who told me, um, he goes, I, I have an idea on why don't we do weather music? I go, what's that? He goes, it's my idea. We, on rainy days, play sad rainy day songs that have rain in it. I go, oh, you mean like the Beatles rain? He goes, right. And he goes, on sunny days, play happy music, like sunny music. I go, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't, I was smart. That's how I kept my job. I was like, that's fucking you brilliant. You agreed with everything, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I never did anything. Yeah. I was like, that's a really good idea. So that guy wasn't even listening. 
Yeah, because he never called up and goes, hey, it's raining. Why are you not playing the Beatles' rain? Rain, rain, go to the rain. And I don't know. Great song, by the way. I'd listen to that on a sunny day. Can you imagine? Why don't you play rainy day music on rainy days? That would be ridiculous. Well, beside rain, I couldn't think of anything else. I knew <laughs> Fog Hat had foggy days, but... <laughs> And I guess on sunny days, I could have played Walking on Sunshine, I guess. I don't know. How many songs are there? I said, what but do you think of this idea? all the songs that don't talk about weather? They never get played. And, well, he said to me, I, I said, I said, sir, what about like on snowy days, we play Phoebe Snow? And he goes, good idea. All right. I see. I, I like where you're going with this. I said, what if it's hailing and we play hail, hail, rock and roll? Good. <laughs> and then we fire anyone who plays Here Comes the Sun on a rainy day. You just fire them. You broke <laughs> format. It's fucking insane. It was great. But, you know, it gave you a job. And I, I could say I was in radio. And I also made tapes so I could get my next radio job. Right, so it was right. it was good for everybody. You know, and the owner felt Where's like Where's that station now? Does it even exist? Yeah, it exists physically. I think it's now a religious station or something. I don't know. Maybe uh. it maybe it's maybe it plays music. I don't know what it does. Who who can who, who knows? No one knows. No one ever knew. <laughs> no. No one ever listened. <laughs> I think they went to a new format. On Saturdays they play Saturday in the park. <laughs> <laughs> By Chicago. Uh, yeah, it was fucking crazy. But hey, here I am today. You know, God bless. Anyway, getting back to Leonard Skinner, which I did play at many radio stations. Because when I played um, in New England, Southern New England, it was weird. I didn't even know what Southern New England meant. I worked at WCCC, AM and FM, Southern New England's Best Rock. And it was in Connecticut, in Hartford, right. Connecticut. And I would say, I, I was like... We're in, where were we in Southern New England? I didn't even know where we were. That's how <laughs> fucking crazy it was. I was like, we're in Southern New England. I don't even, I didn't know that. And I guess because we're in the South, we play Southern rock. I mean, that's how crazy it was. We played a lot of Leonard Skinner and the Outlaws and, 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 uh, and Marshall Tucker. Marshall band. Tucker? You played? Oh my God. I felt like I was living in the South, but I was in <laughs> Southern New England. Southern New England's best rock. So I would play a lot of Leonard Skinner. It was on my little cards that they told me to play. Yeah. You know, the, you had a card and the card would say, play that. And then you wrote down, okay, I played it at 12 o'clock or I played it at seven in the morning. So the other DJs would know not to play it. It was a pain in the ass. Who has time to write down? I'm listening. I'm playing Leonard Skinner. I, I got to, I had to be funny. I had to, I was the morning. That one. was the p part where you made it a job. You had to yeah. keep records. But Freebird was the best because it was so long. Yeah. Could, you know, if I had to pee or get the news or, or just even collect my thoughts for the next hour or get the commercials together. Yeah. Record something, whatever. Yeah. Give you time. So I played a lot of Leonard, like sometimes two times in a morning I played Freebird because <laughs> it was so long. That and uh, any Led Zeppelin that was like 10 minutes long. You know, but what, what's the big one from Led Zeppelin? I'm blanking out. Uh, 
Uh, whatever. I don't know. You cashmere? Know. You know How long is that? Not cashmere. Yeah, cashmere I'd play. That's a good one. That's yeah. Stairway yeah. to Heaven is the one I'd play. Because okay. it was the longest Led Zeppelin song like ever. And even that wasn't long enough. I never had enough time to get everything together. It was horrible. But anyway, Gary Rossington died. And uh, I'll just give you a couple of facts. He was 71, which now sounds young. Uh, he was the guitar player, last surviving member, as I said. He wrote some of the Skinner songs and, and some of the most iconic riffs like, okay, uh, let's see. Simple Man, Tuesday's Gone. Sweet Home Alabama. Gary wrote the Sweet Home Alabama riff. You know, this thing. He wrote that. But he didn't play it on the record. He wrote it and then he let somebody else play it on the record. Huh. Isn't that weird? Hmm. Wonder why. Why did he, he do someone... that? Yeah. No, no, no. That's fucked up. Somebody else would play it better than him? I mean, this is good. Yeah, he maybe. play this? He played rhythm guitar, and one of the band's other guitarists, Ed King, played the lead. Well, then he gave it to this guy. He gave it to this guy. I wouldn't do that. If I wrote that, I'd play it. <laughs> uh, but Gary did the uh, slide guitar on Freebird. The, the, you know, this. That's iconic. cause of death he had several near-death experiences he had emergency heart surgery in 2021 quadruple bypass surgery in 2003 survived the plane crash that killed three of his bandmates in 1977 so he was on the plane he was on that plane that's crazy just a year before that gary was in a near fatal car crash after a night of drinking and his accident inspired the band to write, oh, ooh, that smell, which I love. Would you still oh, there you go. That was about it. the smell of death surrounds you. Yeah. I like that song. It was four minutes and how long was it? Four minutes, of the, which gave me enough time to like pull the commercials that I had to play for uh -huh. the next break. All the songs I love from Leonard Skinner <laughs> were based on time. That's why if you're in a band, try to write a nine to ten minute song. DJs will play it. <laughs> now with all this automation, though, you got to be know. quick, right? Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. I'm working on writing a 15-minute song. <laughs> You're never going to get played in the days, right. uh, day and time. We mentioned earlier, too, Robin, that Tom Sizemore died at age 61. He was hospitalized yes. after having a brain aneurysm. He was known for playing tough guy roles in movies like Natural Born Killers, Heat, and Black Hawk Down. He also... He also delivers the title line as Sergeant Mike Horvath in Saving Private Ryan. Uh, here's a little Tom Sizemore. Someday we might look back on this and decide that Saving Private Ryan was the one decent thing we were able to pull out of this whole god-awful shitty mess. He uh, was on our show a couple of times. He was a very troubled guy. He had a sexual assault claim against him. He was in and out of rehab. He'd been battling drug addiction since he was 15 years old. 
In 2003, he started dating former Hollywood madam Heidi Fleiss. Yep. And his drug use got much worse. He told me about it when he came on our show, and it was really depressing, but fascinating, too. I do have a clip. I don't know if you want to hear it. I mean, maybe that's not the proper way to remember Tom Sizemore. Well, maybe, though. I mean, he did talk about it. He was open about his struggles. Yeah, that's true. Drugs took everything from me, Howard. Do you think drugs should be legalized? Oh, no. You don't? Maybe no. if they were, there'd be more education about it or something. I don't know. I just, I don't know. But Drugs do nothing. I've seen them do nothing but destroy people's lives. It's unbelievable. I didn't know it was in the shit when I first did it. Yeah. You know, I thought I was mature. I thought I knew things. I didn't know shit. Yeah. I didn't. Didn't you get thin from it at first? And you said, hey, I look like Bowie. I'm like, I'm like David Bowie. I thought I like Mick Jagger. Right. And you go, hey, I, I look good. This stuff I, I got, got it 20, all in. I got a 20-inch waist. Yeah. I look cool. Yeah. No. Rock and roll. Hey, but you're 38, <laughs> nine years old. You shouldn't have a 28-inch waist at 39 years no. old. No, no. <laughs> you look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a woman. wearing eye makeup and stuff. Right. You see Salt and Sea? Remember Val? Do you miss taking drugs? Do you ever? Do you wake up every day and go, Jesus Christ, though, I miss it. You're over it. I wouldn't say I'm over it. I have right. my moments. Today, for instance, I woke up and I didn't have one of those moments at all. I was so happy I was sober because I'm not sweating. Right. I mean, I came here. I was sober, but I was newly sober. Right. And that shit takes a long time to come out of your system. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, the first year, it feels like shards of glass are coming through your skin. Mm. Anyway, Tom, rest in peace. What can I tell you? He, uh... He told me he tried to manipulate a drug test by using a fake penis filled with clean urine called the Wizenator. <laughs> and, and he got and he didn't he failed the test because the urine wasn't warm enough and they realized it was fake. Right. That he yeah. hadn't really gone. Yeah. A dude named Chaim Topal died. He was uh eighty seven. He played the lead role as Tevian Fiddler on the Roof. Yep. I only mention it because my mom my mom used to play Fiddler on the Roof in our house all the time. She was into show tunes. My mom had the worst musical taste. She was into show tunes. And I, you know, I, 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 and, and I learned the lyrics to every fucking show tune. <laughs> I, you, know? you don't know the lyrics to any song you like. No. You know these. <laughs> well, it was constantly on. And I'd walk around, if I was a rich man, all day long, I'd biddy biddy bum if I was a wealthy man. Hey, <laughs> I wouldn't have to work hard. Biddy 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 I love that what? name. He used to just go by the last name Topol. Yeah. Well, if your first name was Chaim, you'd be Topol, too. If I were a rich man. There he All day long, I biddy biddy bum. If I were a wealthy man. I I You named this. I, I used to walk around doing like the lyrics to Carousel. My boy Bill is as strong as a boy will be. But what if it's a daughter? She will be the loveliest girl. <laughs> you would have thought. Thought I came from like a Who the, theatrical. Who's that young man over there? He's very well versed. Yeah, all those. Uh, oh God. I grew up, uh, my parents were grooming me to be a, a, a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, every fucking show tune I was on in my, I told you my- Your dad I, liked this too? He didn't mind yeah. playing in the house? Wow. No, he, he seemed to like it because they always were playing the, the, the soundtrack to Damn Yankees. Go figure uh. that out. And I told you, my dad would torture me. He'd stand at the door. And then when that song came, the, the story of Damn Yankees is this old dude and his wife are living together and then the devil comes and offers him a deal. And the deal is, you could go play baseball for the Yankees, and I'll turn you into a young man. So the dude gets turned into a young man, and he's a good-looking dude. He's Tab Hunter. Fucking That's good right. Looking he's guy. muscular. <laughs> he's muscular, and now he's a great baseball player. And he, he looks at his old bag wife, who's been loyal to him, and he's like, fuck you. You know, <laughs> and uh, he stands at the, you know, he stands there and he sings, uh, you know, Goodbye, old girl. <laughs> He's singing to his wife. He's with an old bag. So my dad, before he'd go to work, he'd stand at the door and look at my mother and go, Goodbye, old girl. And I'd be, I start crying. Oh, wow. I was like, Dad, what are you doing? What do you mean? You're leaving to go play baseball for the Yankees? I mean, uh, I don't know. It upset me. Well, he was saying, you know, like this guy walked out, he chose a new life, not the life he had had with his wife. Meanwhile, I should have said, good, leave. <laughs> Stop torturing me. For some reason, other kids always want their parents to stay together. Yeah, but that all those show tunes. I mean, I, I could do the whole soundtrack to Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> to life, to life, l'chaim. Lachayam, lachayam to life. If I was a rich man, biddy, 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 biddy. Do you love me? Do I what? Do you love me? Do I love you? For 25 years, I wash your clothes, suck your dick, eat your bows. <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset, slowly go the years. <laughs> One day will following another. <laughs> <laughs> Topol. Rest in peace, dude. Fucking Topol. I think I saw Fiddler on Roof uh, on Broadway with Zero Mostel, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I know that every time Topol came back, it was a big deal. Yeah. I do remember uh, in 2019, Richard Christie, who works for us, went six days without changing his socks, and we were disgusted because he smelled, and we wrote a parody of Rich Man about how gross he is. Richard is a gross man. Yeah. A stinky, 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 stinky man. <laughs> Loves to show his smelly, smelly ass. Yeah. Richard is a stinky man. My butthole's talented. Doesn't like to shower. No. Dirty, 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 dirty guy. I love that smell. Runs five miles and doesn't wash his balls. I don't think Richard so. Richard is a filthy man. Oh. Um, and we did mention earlier, but it bears now that I'm doing our obituaries, Robert Blake, Robin. Yes. The actor, uh, he died, he, he died from heart disease at age 89. And I remember Robert Blake from, um, Beretta. I don't remember him in Truman Capote's Cold Blood, but he was supposed oh, to be Oh, that was the first that. time I saw him and he was yeah. 
frightening, yes. But I loved him on the uh, Johnny Carson show. Like, he used to go on talk shows, and he would be really fucking angry. Like, for real, legit angry. And, like, not, not take shit from anybody. Like, a kind of a scary dude. Well, you remember and, him here, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I was getting to that. Well, okay. So I was excited when we had him on the show. Because, you know, this is way back. I think it was in like, uh, yeah, 1993. So I was really excited to have Robert Blake on because, you know, when I was a boy, I would watch Beretta and I thought he was cool, but I especially loved him on talk shows, whether he was on Merv Griffin or any of those shows, Johnny Carson. Johnny, like, yeah. He was one of those guys I, you know, I made a point to watch because he was so good on these talk shows. And so when he walked in, I'm like all excited. But he didn't right away. He took a dislike to me. He didn't <laughs> like my style of interviewing and started yelling. At ask me. me a question. Let me answer it. Don't ask me a question. Then look at her and answer it. I'll hit the road. <laughs> oh, come on. You're not going anywhere. Just say it's hard. OK. All right. I'm trying to don't don't you know, this is my process, man. Don't mess with it. Wait a minute. Huh? What? I don't know. Maybe you're used to having a lot of monkeys in this chair. I got you. But I'm not one. No, I don't say you're a monkey. Well, then don't treat me like one. All right. Do you think I'm treating you like a monkey? I don't think you are. I know you are. Oh, really? Here. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I, I knew like you wouldn't you, like man. me. I, I like knew you, you wouldn't I like me, man. I think you're groovy. You no, know, you don't. No, I really do. I'm really scared in here. I know. Could you really like... Could you? Like... I'm much more scared than you are, Jack. Really? Trust me. You're yeah. more scared of me than I am of you? No, I'm not scared of you. I'm scared of this situation. I'm you don't know karate or anything, do you? I don't put my hands on people. Really? Seriously? Absolutely not. I always get that impression like maybe you were like a hands-on guy. Well, unfortunately, that's a that's a persona that I created to keep the world away from me. And it's a very sad thing to live your whole life with having people cross the street when they see you. I'm lucky to be alive. Oof. That's all I'm telling you, man. It was It was contentious. Well, wait a minute. Maybe we have discovered that he didn't kill his wife because he said, I don't put my hands on people. And this is mm. long before... That ever came up. Yeah, yeah, I think you really discovered something there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Maybe he didn't do it. <laughs> so, uh, of course, his whole acting career and everything unraveled when uh, I guess he didn't get convicted of killing his wife no, but everybody he was, just he was found not guilty actually. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was found not guilty cuz Everyone thought he killed his wife. They just couldn't prove it, I guess, in the court. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't but, get enough evidence together. Yeah. People seem to feel he did it. One of those kind of deals where you're found innocent, like an OJ. People yeah. just go, yeah, OJ killed his wife. But wait, he was found innocent. No, he's not innocent. You know, the people just, <laughs> they disregard the outcome of the trial. But Robert Blake didn't have to do jail time, but his career was definitely harmed and yeah it was kind of hard to put him in a role after that yeah and it, yeah it was really difficult you couldn't stop thinking about he might have killed his wife <laughs> but anyway he went out and <clears throat> excuse me he wrote a book in 2012 and this is pretty good he gave an unhinged interview to pierce morgan uh, the interview went off the rails when pierce brought up robert's wife's murder it's a pretty good clip it sounds boring as hell, but go ahead. I don't think it's boring. Your wife got murdered. There's probably nothing more significant in your life than... Really? Than the murder of your wife? I didn't murder my wife. It may be significant to you. I didn't say you did. But it isn't I said... to me. You're just like the cops. Why would I marry her if I was going to kill her? 
I mean, I was worth $25 million. I could have hired somebody to kill her when she was in Tibet or someplace and make her disappear so nobody would ever find her, for Christ's sake. I would go out to dinner with her to kill her. What the matter with you? I didn't say you killed her. You didn't say I didn't. You got any idea why? Why I was under arrest for four years and he was under arrest for an hour, Mr. Research? No, I don't. Well, why the don't you look it up before we start talking about it? Can't go through your life feeling like this. Sure. Says who? I'm 79 years old. I've been this way since I was born. I'd argue with a goddamn rock and then try to beat it up. Yeah, the, the, definitely what an innocent man sounds like. Wait a minute. Now he's saying he would argue with a rock and beat it up. That means he puts his hands on people. <laughs> well, anyway, well, he puts his hands on Pierce Morgan, I guess, not me. He was acquitted, but, 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 but found guilty in a civil trial in order to pay yes. $30 million to his wife's kids four years later. So there you go. It's a uh, good night the, funny, man. The wife who died had other children. That's right. And yeah. one with him. Yeah. The only other person I should mention is drummer Jim Gordon died in prison from natural causes at age 77. And you're like, I didn't know much about this either. He was serving a life sentence for killing his mother during a schizophrenic episode in 1983. He was up for parole 10 times, but denied on mental health grounds. As a musician, he's probably best known for his work with Derek and the Dominoes. Jim wrote the piano outro to Lady. Beautiful. A prolific session drummer. Played on songs for George. piano? Yeah, yeah. Evidently, George Harris. Well, actually, there's controversy. Listen to this story. This is a good one. Jim's ex-girlfriend, Rita Coolidge. Remember the singer Rita Coolidge? Sure. Claims he stole the piano part from her. She wrote in her memoir that they made a tape of the song together while in the studio with Eric Clapton. After she and Jim broke up, she heard Layla and was furious. She was never given a songwriter credit, but her sister released a version of her original song two years later. It's called Time Don't Get in Our Way, and you can hear it right here. sad you know yeah that would drive me nuts got a million years to show but i gotta say jim used it a lot better than she did uh, uh, i think it had better execution yeah but listen to but this he could have he could have given her credit and paid her because listen to layla's this. ending is great Crazy story. I'd never heard that before. We won't let the world get in the way. Mm. Wow. It's fucked up. One of the great rock and roll stories I'd never heard. There was never a court case about this. We always hear about these crazy court cases. You can hardly tell what they're talking about was stolen. I don't know. This is so obvious. Yeah, that's a slam dunk winner. You know, but there you go. Jim Gordon was also, um, he played for George Harrison, Carol King, Cher, the Beach Boys, Steely Dan, John Lennon, Frank Zappa, Harry Nielsen, and many more. 
And we should mention that Jim Gordon was also known for helping the Cape Crusader Batman during his career when he became Commissioner Gordon. Oh, stop it. You know that. <laughs> you know that whole thing. You watch the movie. You know, but we're now in the territory. Do you commemorate him? He killed his mom and and was in life, you know, in a, uh, serving a life sentence. It's a tough one. A tough call, Robin. We don't know his mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Let's go to uh, Matt in North Carolina. What do you say, Matt? Good morning. Good morning, Howard. Uh, you know, you were talking earlier a little about about your interview with uh, Kiss, and it occurred to me something that's never come up in questionings of you, questions of you, that you know why you're such a good interviewer isn't just when you're interviewing somebody for the first time, but for like the fifth or sixth time. I'm really amazed because. I'm a journalist. I've been a journalist my whole career. And I don't know how you do it where you already have such deep familiarity with your subject. And yet you can talk with somebody as if it's all new for an hour and a half to two hours when you already know people so deeply. How do you manage to have such deep conversations that elicit new material and new information? I do worry about that. I worry about all the time when someone says they're coming in for like the second or third time, I go, hmm. Well, what I do is, first of all, I review everything I talked to them about in the past, and then I made sure not to bring it up. And then what's liberating about a second interview is that then I can really just kind of talk like, ask them everything that isn't sort of in a about their history it's more about what they're currently doing and currently up to and currently thinking so there's uh yeah that that's something i'm aware of but yeah i mean uh yeah, that's interesting you, you ask about that but uh you it, know nevertheless really, uh, some, I, I i have to some, tell you you know i mean you, most journalists don't have that opportunity that you have to do multiple interviews over the course of a career with somebody and for you to come up with continually new information new angles and you also listen very deeply it seems that you know when your subjects say something that takes you down a path that you hadn't considered you'll go down there you don't just look for your next question to ask you're not looking down a list of questions that you have to get to you're very good at pivoting with your subjects well, and I, find that I had great. this conversation with Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry once said to me uh, off the air, you know, I can't come on your show anymore. I said, why is that? He goes, because we just did the best interview I've ever been a part of. It was fabulous. And I don't think we could ever top it. And I said, Jerry, I don't think it's about topping it, but I have endless sort of interest in you, your process, what you're thinking, what you're working on. I guarantee you, if you would just come in again, we could have an equally interesting conversation. And sure enough, he did come in again and we had an even better time. And I, I, um, I don't know. I just think sometimes it's very liberating to interview somebody multiple times. Yes, you, you do feel like, oh, gee, I don't want to give the audience the same experience, but how great that we've kind of become familiar with one another and now when we see each other again it can be a little more intimate and maybe a little more trusting and it could be even looser than the first time so it's an interesting looser process and deeper you know deeper yeah the the surface kind of stuff that you're just getting to know 
You know, it's funny. Well, I, after I, I talked, after I'll tell you this, Matt, after I talked to uh, Gene Simmons of Kiss, and we started talking about his uh, really difficult childhood and some of the, the, the traumas that he experienced, and he was very open about it, but, um, you know, I was thinking, gee, if I ever get to speak to Gene on the air again, I would even do a deeper dive with him. I would like to know a lot of things about his life um, based on, you know, some of the things that happened. Same with Paul Stanley. And I'll tell you what, uh, Paul and I spoke after the show that day. We had a phone conversation. I think we spoke for over two hours. The same day that I spoke to him on the air, and we, we, got, we got caught up in each other talking. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I was taking a walk, and I had Paul Stanley on my cell phone. This was um, the day that they were on. And I caught up with Paul later on. to I wanted to ask him some stuff about artwork and all this. And we just started talking. And I go, Paul, you must be sick of me, man. We spoke for two hours this morning to you and Gene, and you guys play. He goes, no, no, this is a really good conversation. And we had a great conversation about him and his music and a lot of interesting things. And I thought to myself, wow, this conversation we're having right now would be so great. And here I just interviewed the guy, you know, it was like a great conversation. So I don't know when somebody's interested with um, you said the same thing happened when you had Eddie veteran that you talked with him for a long time on the phone afterward. You said that. And aren't you kicking yourself that why can't we be on the air for this conversation? The fact that you're having these long conversations even after your interviews, that's just really incredible to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I had a conversation with someone that I had on the air. I'm not going to get into it, but it, it was such a fascinating conversation. This is somebody who um, I had on the air and came over to my home for dinner. And it was such a fascinating conversation. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, this would be so endlessly interesting to my audience. They would have loved it. And it drives me crazy when stuff like that happens. You know, um, but hey, that's the beauty of it. And, and, but Matt, I do get, I do think about that a lot about, well, if someone's coming on a second or third time, what do you do? And, uh, but it always seems to work out. All right, Matt, thank you. There you go. That's Matt. Everybody loves Matt. I do want to mention this guy, uh, Prince Harry. And, oh, really? um, <laughs> did you talk to him? <laughs> well, I mean, I got a phony phone call. Hold on a second. Oh, hey, speak of the devil, Gene Simmons is here. Gene, I was just oh, talking Gene. about you. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> right. And I want to say, can I tell everybody what Howard was talking about? He had private conversations with my singer, Paul. He had a private conversation with Eddie Vedder. They were both wonderful conversations, and I know this because they've been uploaded to kissonline.com. You can hear private conversations of Howard Stern and all your favorite celebrities. What does Howard talk about when he's privately talking to his friends? Kissonline.com. Click on Howard's photo, and we'll sell you the conversations right now for a limited time. You know, uh, Gene, you always have so many interesting things on sale. Uh, is there anything else you want to announce uh, that you're selling? Well, we just want to thank you for that conversation. That really was deep, and we really got through a lot of things that I never talked about publicly. 
a lot of Kiss fans say that was the greatest interview we ever did. And that's why we're selling everything we did on that show. We sat on exclusive Howard Stern chairs, and they're available right now for $19.95. I took a leak in the SiriusXM bathroom. Would you like some of that? You can have it. Go to pissonline.com. Pissonline.com. You're telling me everything you touched in our studio is on sale at kissonline.com? I'm selling everything from the studio. You can have the toilet water. You want half-eaten granola bars from the green room? You've got half-eaten granola bars. Only at kissonline.com. Want to know feels, how to get it? Gary? This feels, uh, this, this feels more like a theft than a... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't sell the chairs in my studio. Yeah, is there anything left in the studio? You guys were all over that place. Well, we have to do this. Listen, while we're alive, we got to do what we can for the fans. I'm very sad, by the way, about Gary Rossington, Leonard Skinner, great band. Yeah, very sad. I'm sad because they missed an opportunity to make oppor- to make some money with a pay-per-view funeral. Think about the money they lost <laughs> at KissOnline.com right now. All right. We'll Thank you, Gene. Thank you. Right. KissOnline.com. Click on my cut piece. <laughs> Uh, Always thinking of product. That's right. Man man is driven. Sal is calling right now with his credit card, whether <laughs> you know it or not. Um, no, I was saying uh, we have a phony phone call with Prince Harry audiobook that uh, takes a long time to put together, and I know people will uh-huh. appreciate it. Um, but I was talking to Gary about Prince Harry, and like me, he's amazed how Prince Harry keeps staying in the news now there's a whole controversy, something about, I, I can't even follow it, but they're thinking of inviting Prince Harry to something over in England. No, he has been invited to his father's coronation in May. Right. Now the question is, what are they going to do? Because they have not issued any kind of statement as to whether they will or will not attend. What a fucking Michigas. <laughs> I mean, what is that? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's constant stuff. Well, uh, anyway, we made a Prince Harry audiobook character call into a religious internet show to pray for his brother William. It's the stupidest call you ever heard, huh. but it, it did make me laugh. It is just crazy uh. the way we take those audiobooks. And, and cut them up the old-fashioned way. And it is a lot of work. It's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work. But we're delighted and tickled silly when we can do this. <laughs> Have actual conversation using an audio book. Here you go. Prince Harry calling a religious radio. Jesus, all the way. Hey, man. Good afternoon, everyone. Good day, sir. Good afternoon. Where you at? Where you calling from? Hello there. This is Prince Harry calling from Los Angeles. Amen. Good morning, Harry. Please say a prayer for my beloved brother who has become quite angry with me. For your sweet brother? Yes. Our mother was very hot, and all that hotness went only to me. Mm-hmm. And my brother got daddy's ugly jeans. Mm. We got you. We got you. Mm-hmm. So please say a prayer. Yeah, okay. Pastor Bill, would you be so kind to drop a word for the prince and Megan, his wife, Megan? God bless you. And uh, his family. All right, Pastor. Amen. Amen. 
Heavenly Father, we bring Prince William, Prince Harry, the entire family to you right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. We speak peace over that family right now, Father God. Amen. Amen. My brother's gone mostly bald, which is quite fun to laugh about. Even our ugly daddy has more hair than he does. And he lost his hair? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Please say a double prayer for him. Well, get the man a wig. Yeah. I mean, find him a wig or something. Put something on his head, okay? We ain't got to pray for that. This bullshit. Oh, God. Mm. No. Uh, uh, for some reason, we had people come on here and pay me something to play with. Man, God's word ain't nothing to play with this serious business. So, if you come with foolishness, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to cut you off. Okay. Uh, without any apology, okay, we open up again. I got to go to Oprah Winfrey's house. Stop. She even showed me her solid gold toilet where she takes very fancy shit. It's over. Have mercy. It's over. Pray to my brother. Now. Mm-hmm. You will never get to see Oprah drop logs into her toilet. Ow. Gone away with. Gone. Bye-bye. Amen. We're not here to play silly games. That's Satan's job. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for that. You said, okay, uh, that's all. Well, we'll see y'all on tomorrow. Right. Nice song. So silly. Uh, Silly games are the work of Satan, and uh, we seem to love silly games. How do they figure that... God doesn't love silly games. I don't know. <laughs> Can they be that wrong? How do they know for sure? I do have more Prince Harry audiobook if you want to hear it. Uh, what else did Prince Harry talk about? I'm trying to remember even what this clip is. This is a, this was a lot of work though because it's a minute long and it's a lot Ooh. of editing to make Prince Harry say all this nonsense. Here you go. Here he is just talking about his life, I guess you could say. The Howard Stern Show presents Prince Harry's audiobook, Remixed. Hello there. This is Prince Harry, audiobook. A lot of people think that my wife, Megan, has my balls in her puss. Well, that's a bunch of rubbish. She keeps my testicles in her jewelry box, and my balls are much safer there. One time, the Queen made my wife sit with her in the bathroom while she took a royal duty. Megan was ordered to maintain eye contact while the Queen Mother dropped log after log of huge stanky shit. The smell of Her Majesty's massive dumps haunts her to this day. I can't believe my daddy wanted to bang Camilla instead of my famously hot mummy. Ugh, I'd rather stick my penis in a big elephant. So my old asshole brother, Prince William, gets to be the future King of England. And the only thing I get is a very hot wife and millions of dollars that I did jack shit to earn. Good lord, life is grossly unfair. Well, I've got to go. Cheers, you commoner wankers. Fuck off. Commoner wankers, how dare you? A lot of people worked on it. Five staff members died putting that together. That's how long it takes. <laughs> it's like building the Panama Canal. Yeah, exactly. It's. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Oh, it's Prince Harry audiobook. What's up, dude? What? Listen to me, Howard. Your face looks like a fat, juicy pussy. Oh, what? Why are you so insulting me? I didn't do anything to you. Oh, wow. 
It looks like you hit the wall harder than my mother did. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. I, I make fun of my looks all the time. It's true I hit the wall. You don't have to bring it up, dude. You've had a privileged life. Yes, darling boy. Suck yeah. my raw cock and balls. Teacup thick. I'll leave that up to your wife. I'm not sucking your royal cock and balls, asshole. Yes, darling boy. Yankee cocksucker. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, oh what? <laughs> Full of insults. This one. Would you like my fist <laughs> up your ass? <laughs> this guy, uh, he's well prepared. I, I wasn't prepared for a fight. Yeah. I feel like Chris Rock getting smacked by Will Smith. You, yes, but, you know, boy. with all this in it, I have to read this book. <laughs> you, 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 you are a, a, a crumpet. You, you have ginger pubes. How do you like that? You are uglier than my daddy. Oh yeah. Fuck you. Yes, darling boy. And stop calling him darling boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, darling oh, boy. Oh, yeah? You're pussy whipped, you pussy. Mm. Shut up, big nose, pussy. What? Oh, oh yeah? I don't even know what you said. <laughs> yes, darling boy. You just hide behind a microphone, pussy. Wait, you look like commoner trash. You look a perfect hey, uh, idiot, sir. Hey, hey, hey. Watch this, Robin. Uh, hey, uh, why don't you go drive on the other side of the road? <laughs> no, darling oh. boy. My wife's dumps are more attractive than you are. Oh, my uh. God. Oh, my God. This guy, he's hard to fight with. I know. I mean, yes, he must boy. have professionals working with him. Hey, hey, hey. You Big Ben lover. <laughs> go eat a cheeseburger, American dickhead. Oh, yeah? Why don't you eat, uh... I don't even know what you people eat. Fish and eat, chips. Why, why don't you go eat fish and chips? Thank you, Robin. Why don't you go eat <laughs> fish and chips and hide from your wife in the Tower of London? <laughs> no, darling boy. I'd like to take a huge piss right in your mouth. Open wide. Oh. Ah. Hey, why don't you go shove the crown jewels up your asshole? Mm. A crown, see? A royal asshole. I crown thee, king of all pussies. I crown right, thee, princess right. dipshit. Only your brother can crown people. You can't. Did you say, Robin? <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll get Only back. his Hold brother, on. you know, who will one day be king. He'll be able to do that. He'll never. Harry yeah, will never be able to do that. Yeah, take that. No, darling boy. Oprah loves me. Jealous much? <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting Yes, darling boy. <laughs> I heard that Oprah actually offered them advice on whether they should uh, accept the king's invitation to the coronation. You know what? Never go to Oprah for advice. She gave them non-advice. She didn't give them <laughs> advice. I, I think I have the quote somewhere. Let me find it. Yeah. Here it is. Oprah said she thinks Harry and Meghan should do what they feel is best for them and their family. What, what, that's not advice. What my, advice is that? My advice is go and make up with those people because you clearly are going to be spending the rest of your life doing reality shows. It, it, About someone, them. <laughs> I like that Prince Harry goes, Prince Harry goes to Oprah, right? He goes, Excuse me. I'm very confused, Oprah. What do you think I should do? Should I go to my father's, you know, becoming the king? Coronation. Ceremony? Yeah. Coronation. Whatever floats your boat. 
<laughs> you know, like that's like a non that's not an answer. People come to me for answers. I tell them what to do. My mother always told me what to do. As a result, I have the spine of a jellyfish. That's true. <laughs> and I have no ability to think for myself. That's true. But I always got advice from my mother. My mother always told me what to do. You should go to school with the black people and not be afraid of their skin. All right, I'll go do it. I did it. I got beat up multiple times. <laughs> but she never said to me, just do your thing. I First of all, I had no thing. I had my mother's brain in my head. Do whatever's best for you and your family. <laughs> that Oprah's guy. Do you think I should go to the coronation of my father, who I'm estranged from? Let your conscience be your guide. Get the fuck out of here with that She's advice. She's full of cliches. Why wouldn't Prince Harry come to me, a man who's experienced real life? Somebody and, who and makes decisions. Somebody who's been bitch slapped and beaten his whole life. <laughs> come to me, I'll tell you what to do. You should absolutely go. If I had a money machine like the, if I have hit the sperm lottery and I was born into the into the royal family. I would do nothing to jeopardize that lifestyle. They give you a castle to live in. They give you servants. They give you free food. They give you cars. They give you air travel. They give, build you a yacht. What's the problem, you fuck? That's what I'd say. <laughs> I wouldn't say, go with your gut. Do whatever you feel is right. I'd say, you know what you do, Prince Harry? Stick your tongue up your father's ass and get back in his good graces. And while you're at it, finger your fucking um, Become your stepmother. Become his favorite son. What are you uh, doing? All right. Stupid ass. You think that uh, hot piece of ass you're married to is interested in you if you're not the royal dude? Stop it. You get back there. That's what I'd advise him. Oprah's like, um... Whatever you feel is best for you and your family. Well, thank you, Oprah. I'm really glad I traveled 25 miles to Montecito to get that advice. Thank you. Those kids are hardly walking. They don't need to be considered. Right. <laughs> They're going and wherever you go. And I understand he doesn't get along with his brother. Let your brother use your head for a footrest. What do you care? Got nothing <laughs> going your brother on. With your hair, if you've got so much of it. If I was Oprah, I would have said, listen, no offense, but you're essentially useless unless you're living in the palace there. Go back home and and, and, and and eat some crow. I don't know. This kid's a dimwit. He went all the way to Oprah. Oprah goes, well, do whatever you think is best for your family. Hmm, Oprah. I never thought well, of that in, before. In his Are defense, you, apparently they had not asked Oprah for any advice. Oh, please. <laughs> Here's a... Oprah, I want to thank you for that advice. I should do what what's best for me and my family. I never thought of that before. Thank you. You Who want would advice? Consider you, that. Yeah. You come to me. Give your father a reach around. Jerk him off. Grovel. Do whatever you have to do. You got nothing else going on. You're too be old Camilla's to learn a trade. Best friend. He actually right. likes her. Oh. There you go. Become friends with that old crow, titty fucker. I don't care what you do. Just get back on her good graces, asshole. Why are you talking no. about her all the time? 
They give you millions of dollars. Well, even anyway. when you say bad things about them, they give you millions. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're still trying to get <laughs> trying to work this out with you. I had a thought. I wonder if it's kind of late. I wonder if I should share this with you now or tomorrow. Hmm. Let me think for a second. Oh no. It's Prince Harry audiobook back. Uh, oh, what up, boy. dude? Still talking shit about me, huh? I'm not talking shit about you. I'm giving you good advice, not Oprah-style non-advice. Listen to me, stun. Suck my wiener. You know what, man? Fuck you, you colonizer. Fuck this. Go shit in a hot dog bun and eat it all up. Why don't you blow me, you redcoat? No, darling boy. Maybe you should check between your legs for a pussy. Oh, and there's no pussy there, pal. A small penis. I'll give you that. But there's a penis <laughs> yes, there. Darling boy. Why don't you go stare at Stonehenge all day? Go back to your no. place of origin. No. Huh? You have never been to Oprah's garden. No, I haven't. Sadly. No. No. Why don't you... Go eat bangers and mash. No, darling boy. I think I might have to teach you a lesson, fuckhead. Look at you. You're full of horseshit. Why don't you go peg yourself with Big Ben? Oh, yeah? Come to Los Angeles and say that's my face. Tower of London knows. Uh. What was that? What do you say? Tower of London, London knows. knows. Tower of London knows. You can't call me Tower of London knows. <laughs> yes, darling boy. You look a right mess. Why don't you go with your family on a fox hunt and get lost in the woods? You should be on the real housewives of New Cunt City. <laughs> All right. He always wins. Yeah, he's very good you know, at ranking Oprah me out. only hangs out with him because he's called a prince. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, I figured out over vacation, a lot of people who are Democrats say that Biden is too old to run again. Now, I don't happen to agree with that. I don't know that he's too old. I, I think, you know, I think I was hearing Bill Maher say, you know, used to be valued if you were old that, you know, that you had wisdom and you would live a lot of years and whatever. Well, I but, think that's, you know, a hasty generalization and is not always true, but it happens to be true in the case of Joe Biden. OK, so let's say they have no, you know, and then people say, well, if he doesn't run, who could run and win? I figured out who should run. For president on the Democratic side, and he'd win in a in a in a slam dunk. Who? I wonder if I, I should just tickle your ass with a feather and then tell you tomorrow, or should I tell ah. you now? Well, there's no urgency. We don't need somebody to run tomorrow. Well, I figured out who it should be. All right, I'm going to tell you my Can theory. Can I guess? I, Can I go guess? ahead? Go ahead and I guess. I think you would say. Buttigieg. Man, he won't win. He won't win. People are too homophobic. I know. I know. 
I think but he's that's great. That's you but... really want to uh, win, right? <laughs> 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 Who is this person you've decided could win? I got it all figured out. People would love this guy. What happened in Ukraine? In Ukraine, they ended up electing this guy, Zelensky, who it turns out was a very well-known comedian, um, sort of an actor type. I don't know what exactly he did, but he was an entertainer. But a bright guy, nevertheless, and certainly brave. Well, over vacation, I'm watching a ton of this one guy. And I'm watching him debate all kind of different people. Going back years ago, he was debating Bill O'Reilly. He was debating this one and that one. And he came off brilliantly. He knew more than any of them. And his name is John Stewart. John ah. Stewart. Now, now listen, bear with me, Robin. When John Stewart hosted The Daily Show, they said that he was the most trusted newsman in the country, like Walter Cronkite trustworthy. Yeah. When you hear this guy talk, whether he's supporting army veterans or he's talking about various, uh, he was, whatever it is, and I, I'm not going to go into everything I watched, the guy is so fucking smart and bright and also witty and really measured when he takes on a debate. And he really cares. I mean, the reason you can debate him on any issue is because he cares about the issues. And he knows how to talk. And he would be, he, you know, he would work his ass off to be a good president. I'm telling you, he could also win because people like John Stewart. But now, he gave up the Daily Show because it was too much. Well, he owes it to his country <laughs> to run. And I Even am telling you. This is a lot more work than the Daily Show. It's a lot more work, but the guy would be terrific, and I think he'd do it. So I'm putting it out there. You're not going to call him. You're just going to put it out nope. here. In fact, I told this to a friend of mine. I workshopped this idea before I presented it to you. I told it to two friends of mine. Uh-huh. And they go, Howard, don't you think you should call John before you, uh, you know, and, and I said, no, this is the way I operate. I don't call anybody. I voice my opinion on the air. Now, call me crazy, but I think the way right, Zelensky. Crazy. No. Okay. Uh, the way, the way Zelensky is doing in Ukraine, John Stewart will be great. And I will not accept Trevor Noah as a substitute. I want John Stewart. You don't want any of the replacements. You don't want. No. Chelsea, you know. No, I like those people, but I don't want to. I want John Stewart. We're sitting in right now. Remember when John went to Congress and lobbied for the 9 11 first responders? Absolutely, I do. I mean, yeah, watch him debate Bill O'Reilly back in the day, you know, back in the day when Bill he had the day. Yeah, no, but I mean, he's got information and watch when he talks to politicians and he, he confronts them about, um, even all of his debates on gun control and all this other stuff. Watch the guy. He just makes a lot of good points. All right. That's Has it. Anybody, I'm putting it out there. Um, John Stewart. Told John that Howard's talking about him right now for president? I would like John to come on the show and accept the nomination right here. <laughs> From you. 
<laughs> and I would back him, and I will back him. And how will I back him? I'm not putting up any money because I'm very cheap. But I will. Well, Robin, I can't. I can't give money because uh, you know I'm an independent. Because the audience oh, depends I... on me to be independent in these elections. Uh, I voted for Republicans and Democrats. Now, if you're nominating him, how are you an independent? JD, what do you want to say about my choice? Uh, I mean, it's not. It's a good choice. I, I'm. I, I'm for it. But uh, okay. I don't think John Stewart is interested. He has already said he will not run for president. No, if I say it, he'll do it. <laughs> okay, he would right. do it. When did he? When did he say that? Uh, as of July 2022, posted. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's today's okay. date? Uh, March 20th, 2023. Yeah, a lot can change in that time. He knows what he needs to do. <laughs> okay, and you know who should be his vice president? Bradley Cooper. What do you think of that? Uh, uh, so the vice president will stay the same. You're right. just moving out yeah. of the top spot. I'm telling you, I came to this decision. I was sitting there trying to eat on one side, watching him on YouTube. <laughs> and I said, this is the guy. He's the only you. one making sense. He makes tremendous sense. And, you know, America loves celebrities. And I'm telling you. Yeah, we already had one clown as a president. So. <laughs> oh, hi, everybody. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go ahead. Ah. Listen, Howard, I should be elected president of the United you States. You can't. You're not, you I weren't born in this country. Conan. Fuck this bullshit having to be born American. Change the goddamn laws. I'm tough. I could snip Putin in half. Come on. I know you could. I tell you, you know what I was watching? I was watching some old clips on yeah. the internet of you while uh, lifting iron, you know, pumping iron um, of back course. in the day. I Man, still do you... it today. I lift every morning. I lifting the weights and I go on my bike and they ride around and then they, the traffic people are honking at me. Get off the road. And I say, it doesn't yeah, matter. He takes I'll a be your bike. president. The he only takes thing a we... bike to the gym. That's you right. know, yeah. in the LA traffic. Of Good course. I caused the traffic. That's how fucking dedicated <laughs> I am. All right. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> only thing with John Stewart. he does admit that he can only, you know, bench like a fraction of what he used yeah. to bench. Oh, well, he's an older man. <laughs> the only thing, the only negative with John Stewart is we got to keep his last, his real last name, you know, quiet on the QT. That's it. You mean, is, is John Stewart not his legal name? Now it is. Yeah. But his real oh, name is. He is did the, change it. I won't even say the name so he can get elected. Yeah. Let's not bring it up. This is his real name. Yeah. His real last name is Kennedy. How's that? Kennedy. <laughs> John Kennedy. But John Stewart would be a good president. I like the guy. I agree with you 100%. He's dedicated. The he's passionate. He loves the, the nation. Greg, what do you think? You're from, uh, let's see, Florida. Oh, Florida. That's a good uh, testing uh, ground. What do you say? Howard, first time, long time. I couldn't agree with you more. I've been saying this for years. John Stewart would be amazing at the job. Yep. See? And this guy's from Florida. Florida's like a swing state. So, there you go. Probably from Baldwin. Swing. <laughs> Listen to this phone connection. What? What is going on? Are we finding metal or something <laughs> are you on like the beach one with one of those metal detectors i'm on 95 driving a dog let me pull over Nah, that's all right we're done with you anyway 
Howard, trying to talk to you here, but I'm I'm looking for heavy metals, metal options on the beach. I'm trying to get, become a very wealthy man. I know this is my my ship is going to come in. Wait a second, I've just found something. Listen, I'm digging it out of the dirt right now. Oh no! What it, is it? It's, it's it's a um, it's a broken um, it's a broken uh, thing from a cabinet. It, it, it's oh. worthless. It's worthless. <laughs> I like those guys. I've seen those guys. I don't see that many of them anymore, but I see them walking around those metal things. I know when people have you know this retirement that they've been dying for, and then they don't know what to do with themselves. They yeah. wind up on the on the beach looking for metal. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Howard, you should do that at your own beach. Hey, Howard, who's your uh, favorite Peloton instructor? Oh, uh, Hannah Corbin um, and Peloton Jen, of course. But but Hannah Corbin, I mean, I always say to my wife, I'm going, I, you don't do, I don't do the Peloton that much. But I, when I do it, I go, honey, she goes, where are you going? I go, oh, I'm going to go be with my girlfriend. And she goes, <laughs> and she goes, oh, you're going to go see Hannah? I go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you she. What, you what do you say? I don't you know. He's what, got some. I, I don't know. I can't understand you. But do you this... care? You care what score you get? You get a score? I don't get a score. Oh yeah, you, like I yeah I do. What, I look. You care what yeah, you... I look at the uh, leaderboard and I see what number I. I and it's depressing because. <laughs> what he's talking about is like you can see how other people do, like what order they come in, and I'm always at right. the bottom of the barrel. But this is your, young is lady your, is your bike calibrated? Is it calibrated? I don't know. I just get on and yeah, ride because it. Because I the other day I was like in the top, uh, you know, I was like an Olympic uh, peloton uh, because I think I, I don't care that much. Anyway, this girl. She, I guess she was a professional dancer, and she dances on her bike. Don't ask me. Like she'll like she dances around on the bike, and they have a mirror behind her so I can look at her ass. <laughs> and I imagine what it would be like to be inside of her because she's got some body you can imagine. She pelotons all day, and she but she's always talking about her husband. It's a fucking buzzkill. Like you can't even. Well, she's got to keep you on the bike. You might have to get off the bike and finish yourself off. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I don't know, but it's like, you know, and she starts dancing around and she encourages Does she us ever to... get off the bike and dance or is it yeah. always in the seat? At the end, she teaches you how to unclip from the bike and then, and uh -huh. then she gets up and she goes, hi, I'm, she goes, well, that's it. I'm Hannah Corbin and you can contact me at Instagram. And then she starts dancing around the bike and I'm like, that's pretty hot. I would like to start like one of those companies, but only have sexual talk. Like she'd be like, "Oh, my husband made me come eight times last night," but I was thinking of you. <laughs> you that would encourage you if yeah, maybe. her husband made her come eight times. No, she gives shouts out, shout outs to her husband, and I'm like, uh, "That's not really a good marketing thing." Try to act like you're single, but like you rock think stars. Finding out that he gave her eight orgasms would be good. I don't know what would be good. <laughs> I'm sure I'm perverting through. I'm sure I'm perverting the entire process of what Peloton <laughs> had in mind. And then she's always like quoting. She goes, "You're a rock star. Treat yourself accordingly." <laughs> <laughs>
And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm some rock star. Honey, I don't know. I'm not feeling like a rock star. I just came in dead last on the leaderboard. What <laughs> <laughs> kind of rock star comes in last? How, how the heck am I a rock star? Yeah, I almost passed out from pedaling, and my heart rate's only 100. Oh, my God. Yeah, Malcolm, you're on the air. Go ahead, dude. Howard, uh, I know you've moved on from this a little bit, but I just wanted to say, can you imagine a Stuart-Trump debate? Uh, oh, Stuart it would be brilliant. Trump look like uh, such a well, that's what I mean. Unbelievable. I mean, I can just imagine. Sorry. No, it, it's, no I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You're talking and you're doing fine. Trump would just be sputtering, and uh, he he would just look like an imbecile. It would be incredible. I'd love to see that. Well, anybody debating John Stewart would look like an imbecile. I'm telling you, the guy's unbelievable. I really feel passionately about this. Oh, the guy's just pulled a clip of the Peloton instructor talking about her husband. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Four, deny my three, downhill in two, one. Take it to the left. Right now, uh, my hubs is doing. It's I, I don't I don't know who chooses to do these things except for crazy people, <laughs> silly people. Um, but there's a, an ultra happening right now that is you run five miles every four hours for 24 hours. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> I love running, but I don't have that crazy distance in me. <laughs> don't tell me you're Mentally, thinking about your physically husband. Physically, sure. I just don't want to. 63 on cadence. <laughs> but I'll pretend you're, think, pretend you're thinking of me when you're my instructor. Why don't all you guys pedal all you want? You won't be fucking this. My husband will. <laughs> my hubs. My hubs will be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about your husband. My husband can beat my husband could beat you up with his thighs by just crushing <laughs> your skull. What makes you think you could get me, you stupid dick? Yeah. My hubs is doing an ultra. Hold on, Robin. Uh oh. It's Donald Trump. Oh. Hey. Listen. I would wipe the floor with John Jewish. I mean, John Stewart. It wouldn't uh, even be fair. I would kick his ass so hard, Stephen Colbert would feel it. Let me tell you something. You, I'm telling you, he'd give you a good debate, Donald. Listen, listen. I, I'll make him a deal, okay? Whatever Stewart is paying his writers, I'll double it, then cut it in half. Listen. <laughs> What I saw John Stewart debating Bill O'Reilly, and he really took him apart. I'm telling Bill you. Bill O'Reilly was a complete moron. I am. I have a very big brain. I listen. He's a left-wing Hollywood brain? elite. <laughs> I, I have a huge brain, a tremendous brain. You know that. Yeah. I've well, won all the. I've won all the cognitive tests. I'm very, very smart. They've well, named schools after me. They do. Trump Absolutely. University. 
Trump <laughs> University, exactly. Robin's right, on it. I love that. I love all that. Right, all right. He's, Listen. he's a left-wing Hollywood elite Marxist communist socialist. We do not want him as president. And he's short, by the way. He's tiny. He's tiny. You can't have a tiny president. I'm 6'3". Believe me, you need a big guy. Big guy. Well, all right. Listen, uh, good luck. I'm just saying uh, they, they got to have someone to run against you. I was thinking John Stewart might be an interesting no, choice. No, no, no. I mean, he's not fit to grab pussy at that level. He's not going to get it. Yeah, right. He's too short to grab pussy? He's too, <laughs> well, he's actually too close. It's just not fair. You got to lean in and get in there and kind of grab it. He'd have to reach up. It's just not as sexy. All right. Thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Trump. All right. There you go. All right, we did enough show. We've entertained the masses uh, more than enough. I deserve another three weeks off now. I should not show up. <laughs> but they won't give it to me. So we will be here tomorrow. And don't forget, when Reggie Jackson will be here on Wednesday. The great on Reggie Jackson. On Wednesday, yes. On Wednesday. He's got a documentary that's pretty damn good. I, I loved it. And uh, that's it. Okay. Buh, 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 buh. Coming Wednesday. The bitch. Reunites with Yankee legend, 14-time All-Star, 5-time World Series champion, and MLB Hall of Famer. Start spreading the news. Mr. October himself, I'm Reggie Jackson. There's no words to describe how great he is. Only on I'll Wednesday's Howard Stern Show. New start of it.